All right, you wonderful people. Season two of the Virtus Performance Podcast is a wrap. Uh, I'd like to thank all of you for your listens, for your subscribes, for your reviews, for your feedback. It's been brilliant. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you to Simon for putting up with my shit. Um, if you if you loved it, please share it, get it out there, uh, send it to people. But before we go, before we have a couple of weeks off after season two, I have a little bonus episode for you. Uh, it's it's basically Simon and I solving the world's problems. We take a couple of hours, we have a couple of beers, and we save all of the world the world leaders uh, the, the trouble, and we take our own severely unqualified opinions to discuss all the big issues that we find with the world at the moment and what we would do if we were in charge. So here it is. Enjoy. Uh, I apologise profusely um ahead of time but i hope you have as much fun as we did thank you for listening thank you for being wonderful catch you later and in this moment i swear we are infinite let's do this come on mounting it's too damn hot for a penguin to be just walking around recording let's uh let's begin all right team so here's the deal we are back for season three no actually we're not doing season three for for a little bit but what we are here for is simon and i were were chatting the other day uh we were we were cooped up 1.5 meters apart (laughs) and what we've decided is that we are going to solve the shit show that is 2020 so you know there's been murder hornets there's been covid there's been trump there's been scotty from marketing there's been bushfires what other fun things have happened in 2020 simon that's about everything isn't it we closed the gym for a bit we've been hanging out at home uh people fought over toilet paper i don't know it's it's been a riot it's been it's been uneventful (laughs) i know and here's the deal we figured that we as 28 year old uh, middle class, you know, wise males, we know the answers to all the problems that are going on in the world in the minute. Makes Fair? sense. I think so. So what we're going to do is we're going to spend the next hour or so solving these problems, putting the solutions out there. So your Dan Andrews of the world who's had a rough time, hasn't worn his North, North Face jacket in a little while so that you're... You know, the leaders, the people out there that are making the decisions, that they can go, you know what? I think it's time we listen to the bonus episode of the Virtus Podcast to figure out how we should go about unfucking 2020 so that 2021 is just brilliant. You're welcome. Thoughts? So, you know, obviously over the last couple of weeks, like uh, David Attenborough has kind of sorted the environment stuff. He, he nailed that in his doco. Josh Frydenberg sorted out the money stuff like today budget came out maybe tbc um yeah tbc but it seems like he's he's got it sorted dan andrew's doing a good job the numbers are going down so what we want to talk about is like the important stuff so what what are the topics 
I'm asking but you mostly because we you can tell us where we start. We're looking for the the, the people's challenges, the ones that <laughs> the, people's the, challenges the people can that. solve. Uh, together, we we come as together as one to bring some solutions to the surface and uh, you know make the world a better place because that's what we're all about. That's what we're uh, all about. And this podcast is actually called We As The People. From now on, this is episode one of We As The People with Simon and Lachlan and Simon and Lachlan Save The World. Uh, all right, let's, let's do this. I think, do you, I, think, start? I think it may be a good place to start uh, seeing as we are trying to educate the, the masses is uh, well, education. To educate the, the guys at the top, the guys in charge. Yeah. Uh, education. Okay. What do you, all right. So question for you, Lachlan. Pose me a question. If you were to, uh, I've got, I've got two questions for you. Here's question one. If you were to change the education system, uh, mm -hmm. as a whole, what would you, what would you change? What would you do? So, you know how in Sparta, how they used to have the rite of passage where they'd send them out into the wilderness and they'd have to kill a wolf before they could come home. Sure. Something like that, but maybe with koalas or, <laughs> um, no, I, so I think the education system is obviously a lot of it is industrialized from the, the way the industrial complex work, the way like the rows of classrooms are set up. And I guess the way that here's the curriculum teacher, it's, it's, it's knowledge. It's not knowing. And I think the way I would fix the, I have no fucking idea. I haven't really thought about these questions. I should have, but, Here's how, here's how I'd fix it. There'd be a rite of passage for maybe like age groups. So like, a, say, a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, an 11-year-old, a 14-year-old, where they have to do something. So, you know, what you think back, and this is me posing a question to give me a little bit of time to think of a, a decent answer. Think back to the times in your life where you learned the most. Were you in a classroom or you out, were you out in God's classroom? <laughs> I was out in God's playground. God's playground. There you go. <laughs> you like that one? Yeah, for sure. I do like that. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah so you, so you, yeah, so you're outside, right? But or you are with a a wise elder, mm -hmm. and here's here's the thing that we fucked up with Western society is we we don't pay enough attention to our elders. Yeah, I agree. I agree yeah, and we and we don't provide the support and and maybe frameworks in our society to utilize all of the learned knowing that the the older guys are have have accumulated over their years guys and girls of course like yep. i you know i'm so i've been having some pretty cool for, uh, conversations with my nana lately about the books she's reading and because you know i'm just plying her with books because you can't see anyone because uh you know the shit show that is 2020 um <laughs> And learning some great things. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, there are older codgers like, you know, Trump and, uh, and Biden and all of those people in the US and, and maybe ScoMo's getting on a little bit. And there are people that we don't want to listen to. We just want to... <laughs> but I'm reading this book at the moment and it's right next to me. So I'm going to pick it up. Every time I find the meaning of life, they change it. And this is from a 
philosopher slash author Daniel Klein. He's in his 80s. And he wrote this in 2018, I think. And it's brilliant. Like, why aren't we listening to people like Daniel Klein? He's super duper. Um, but then, you know, maybe that's maybe that's the wrong way to go because some w- could look at the age of all the people in charge in the US and be like, this is why the world's going the wrong way, maybe. Um, but yeah. back to my it's, thing. It's because the, the, the people in power in that society are from a certain background or a certain... Uh, they've been educated in a certain way that makes uh, that, that they're the ones that make the decisions. Something about being educated in rows that fucks people up. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not like uh, if we think back to tribal days, and we keep we keep coming back to this. We keep going full circle. But if we think back to sapiens and uh, being in Ooh. tribes, you always learn from. Now you're pandering. You learn from the elder. Um, like yes. they pass down knowledge through the ranks and um, you know the the hunters and the gatherers took the the kids or the you know the juveniles or the um, the you know the next generation and kind of took them under their wing and showed them the how to do the things um, what, you, what you're saying is we need to get the wings out yeah like we need to open the wings and let the youngsters come under them so that we can <laughs> teach them things. Here's the, actually, this is, that's a good point. So on another book that I talk about all the time, Sapiens, um, Ray Dalio, you know, one of the more successful people in society's you know, regular version of success, he's had some pretty he- epic failures as well. And it's, I guess that's what, one of the things I love about him is he, in his book, he talks about this, he's had three stages to his life. The, the first stage is where he was like coming up and he felt like he, he knew everything. And then there was a big failure. And the second phase was where he kind of had to reconsolidate and find his feet again and kind of build build the thing again. And now his third phase, he's like, I've kind of done all the things I want to do um, for lack of a better term. And now it's my turn to teach the next generation or teach, teach people who want to learn and who want to listen. Mm. And, you know, potentially some of it's we don't, want to listen or we don't put ourselves in positions to listen but part of it might be you know those generations don't teach the way that we want to learn i don't know but i think the structuring in a way where where the people that have done good things and Mm. and have the experience can create uh, or we can create a system or that use them as you know certain touch points throughout it um yeah the rite of passage is maybe like the early on the the childhood into adolescent and things like that. We have certain things for kids to do. Um, you know, yeah. it might be a week long camping trip. It might be um, whatever it is, a certain test of resilience or, or whatever. Yep. But I know I've learned more about myself, and this is you know part of the conversation around education is what do we actually deem as important knowledge or what we actually need to learn like the self-awareness piece um could be you know for, for people to go way off the edge it, it could just be termed or looked at as like mental masturbation whereas it's just like <laughs> we're not actually getting anywhere whereas you know just learning uh pythagoras theorem for the sake of learning pythagoras theorem if you know i have no necessarily intention of needing that but what i've found and I know I'm just talking 
talking about my ass here, but what I've found with like those conversations that we had at school, we're, oh, when are we ever going to use this, miss? Like I haven't seen anyone driving past in a truck with 30 watermelons for my maths equations. But <laughs> I think, yeah. think about how quickly the rate of information sharing and spreading has happened over the last 20 years. Every single piece of information that we would need is like at the tips of our fingers, literally. Like, yes. if I want to learn Pythagoras, I can watch a five minute video. Yeah. So it's not an information problem now. Uh, no. It's a, um, it's an, and it's an adaptive problem. Well, it's a teaching how to think, not what to think. Um, yeah. And I, I think it starts with like knowing what is important, like what you said before. It's um, we're not teaching kids to be to know this thing for the sake of it. It's yep. teaching them like these are the things that are important to thrive, to have like a what would you say happy life. What would you say the three things that you wish everyone knew? And I and there's intentionally no get like no framework to that question. But if there were three things you could teach kids, what would they, what would they be? On like a conceptual level, I would say that uh, the knowledge that you're responsible for everything in your life, and like Good. I think you would have the same answer to that. Well, not anymore. Uh, <laughs> um, I think the other thing might would be around like failure and knowing that failure is um, is inevitable. And that you will fail at things, but that's not a an indicator of um, like who you are as a person. And you, that failure is an opportunity to learn and to carry that knowledge forward into other things. I had a um, sidebar for a second. I was I've been writing little notes in my phone, just like things I think of. Mm-hmm. Um, success is married to failure, so to be successful, you have to fail but failure is not married to success. Yep. So you, you, are not guaranteed to succeed if you fail, but there is no way you're going to succeed if you don't fail. Fucking yeah. love that. And then I write afterwards, failure is imminent, pursue it, enjoy it and learn from it. Yeah. Put that on a t-shirt. Oh yeah. I interrupted after two. Sorry. Uh, the third one. That's a toughie. It'd probably be something around like um, I was going to say something around like the the me- the meaning of life. Ooh! Um, every time I find the meaning of life, they change it, Simon. Yeah, it's fluid. Uh, but Doesn't it would exist. be something around like the meaning of life isn't um, money or fame or superficial stuff if i really want money fame and superficial stuff sure are you telling Uh, me what my the meaning of my life is (laughs) you can don't you project you project (laughs) your meaning on me you take your meaning and shove it i will do with my meaning whatever i wish uh yeah well i mean of course that's my perception of the meaning of life and what's important but yeah um and maybe that's it, like not to accept, accept what uh, 
meaning or success is and to kind of like create your own definition of that well that that's the I reckon that's what I took out of uni. Like if I could boil down what spending three years in undergrad, three years in undergrad, one year quit, cancelled, failed my masters. Um, I'm a failure. If I could take like boil it down into one thing that I learned, it's I learned how to think critically. I learned how to, I realized that everyone's just winging it. Most of us are full of shit and we're all just trying our yep. best so that the, because I think when you grow up, there's absolute, like you feel as though there's absolute authority and the older you get, you realize how, how batshit crazy that absolute authority is. Mm, um, yeah. Like, you know, our parents are just kids that grew up and had kids, but we, for, you know, the first, first chunk of our life, we go, they are. They know everything. <laughs> omnipotent. <laughs> Um, so I think the ability to think critically is definitely has to be one of them, it, but you know, how do you teach that? You teach that through failure and through learning what it, what, um, through learning how science works and, and how the scientific methods formulated and you learn it through, you know, reliability and validity and things like that. But it's, you can't expect everyone to, you know, go to the bottom of the rabbit hole and all of these things because, I don't have time for that. So you've got to take things at face value a lot of the time. Um, yeah, it's toughy. Maybe this isn't why the education system isn't perfect because there's so many different schools of thought on it. Well, yeah. And like there's obviously uh, evidence-based practices in education. Yes. Oh, and yeah. so we need to... Well, I like to think that it's all there for a reason. Yeah, um, I think the, the system just hasn't been able to catch up with the times that we're living in um maybe you see a cool cool graph the other day on the speed of um technology over like the last two thousand years and it's like little bump (laughs) see you later crazy but that's it like the schooling system is effectively the same as what it was Mm. 50 years ago yeah um apart from a couple more ipads a couple (laughs) of smart smart whiteboards yeah but learn to think critically learn to practice gratitude and kindness yeah like don't be a c-word um yeah. and and understand perspective know that yeah you are like you know p- perspective can be taken a couple of different ways like you can look at it in relation to like time um or you can look at relation to like i guess size or importance or significance yeah and for some people i guess if you die if you if you go over the cliff on that one you could you know, be like, well, what is the point of it all? But yeah. I'm of the school, and like we've had this conversation before, but you know, I'm of the school of thought that there is no point of it all. Make up your own shit and have fun while you do it. Yeah. <laughs> and make the, yeah. but make, you got to make the world a better place. Like that comes first. Like making your world and the world a better place, then have fun with it. Um, yeah. I think that's where, like, like if we could teach kids, you know, that, the the whole equality thing everyone's equal everyone everyone deserves you know to be happy healthy and and loved then you know we teach them how to think critically and teach them how to problem solve i I guess that's 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 one as well yeah here's how your brain works not this is what a cell like this is what a cell looks like this is what's in a cell like no one gives a shit about that 
if you need Unless to study you it, you study it. Yeah. yeah. If you need to study it, study it. But we should go, this is why we think this way. These are the different these are different pathways that, that occur for us to, to think this way. Um, and then it's like, this is why these things happen. This is why these things happen. It's almost like an explaining why rather than just, which I guess is the same thing, yeah. but rather than just understanding, you know, like, you know, we want to learn about the, and the natural environment, right? Like rather than just saying, this is a duck, this is a cat. They have cells. These are the things that happen in their body. You know, fucking go out and see a duck. Like experiential <clears throat> learning for me is so much more beneficial than book learning. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it's just, there needs to be a blend of both. I think like, I like what you said about the perspective thing and like understanding your place in the world. Like, that we each are the masters of our own, of our own uh, of our own universe, but we are also like a tiny speck in the cosmos. Uh, <laughs> Everyone should like they should just show kids cosmos once a year. <laughs> get a bit of Carl Sagan get, in there is and get Carl Sagan out talking about little blue dot. Just be like, you ain't shit. You're gonna die. You know, you may as well have some fun and make a little bit of place along the way. Yeah, yeah, and it still blows my mind that there is so much inequality in this world and like we have the we have the opportunity to teach it to our kids uh, there's a um there's a brilliant and you know for anyone not driving at the moment jump on your phone google carl sagan socialist and mm. he's got a brilliant um i think it's like a you know 80 second clip of him saying why he thinks socialism stupid and it's basically around like we have the capacity to end world hunger because of the the wealth distribution, but the wealth distribution is so skewed that, you know, selfish, selfish men who are only interested in, and women, I'm sure there's some selfish women out there who are only interested in lining their own pockets are the main reason why, um, why the world is the way it is. And yes, we can argue that if like, you know, child mortality rates, you know, quality of living is, going the right way it's it's exponentially improving but you know mm -hmm. while certain companies and certain people own vast amounts of the world, world's wealth mm. whilst there's still inequality and poverty and things like that we're, we're like what what's the point um Here's i have no issue okay let me, let me finish that thought for a second i have no issue with jeff bezos owning having 200 billion dollars worth whatever it is, if that the, the bottom level, the, the, the bottom level is above the poverty line is everyone has a, has a place to live. You know, yeah. the Maslow's hierarchy needs, everyone has safety, everyone has belonging, yes. everyone has shelter, everyone has the physiological needs sorted. Yep. Do whatever the fuck you want, like accumulate all you want, but it's genuine. It's like, it's genuinely like the, the human equivalent of a dragon just sleeping on a pile of gold. It's, <laughs> it's smog. Just sitting on the fucking gold. Is it smog or is it smog? I don't fucking know. Okay. I, just, I read the I read the books, mate. I don't I don't get J.R.R. Tolkien to uh to you know read it to me. Be, but last night last night apparently I woke KP up because like I was talking about Lord of the Rings. Um, like 
while I was fast asleep. That's elite. You so, mentioned Lord of the Rings yeah, she, to me she, yeah, she, on our walk yesterday. Yeah, she's like, you're talking in your sleep. Oh. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, uh, here's a loaded question for you. Oh, I love loaded questions. Do you think that uh, true or total equality is possible? Uh, do I think true or total equality is possible? No, but I don't think it's necessary. Mm. Remember what we said before about success and about uh, what we de- what we desire, and it's all different. Mm-hmm. So, total equality would mean everyone has the same things. Mm-hmm. We don't all want the same things, but I think there should be, you know, I used the term of poverty line before. I think that. There should be a level, not just above it, a fair way above that, mm-hmm. a couple of levels above that, where, you know, where this is where we should be as a society and as a society, as a global society. But, you know, maybe that'll come. Um, maybe it won't. But here's a, uh, here's a bit of a fun fact that I read the other day, and mm. I have no source of this. I have no... no uh, I cannot confirm or deny whether it's true or not, but 60% of uh, the wealth in America is inherited. That's wild. Which means six out of it, every 10 people didn't earn the money they have, which means that for me, that, that means that, sorry, there's a fly flying around. Um, to me, that means that we're almost like there's a there's a big chance that that person will be a wonderful humanitarian who will do brilliant things for the world around us, but there's a big chance that they'll be a fuckwit because they've never had to suffer or go go through hard, the hard yards or do yeah. hard things to to figure out, you know, holy shit, like they they just maybe that's the entitlement play or, or like conversation or, or whatever. Yeah, interesting. But isn't that scary? That, for yeah, me, that's that scary. Wild. And again, wealth isn't everything, but wealth gives you the capacity to do, you know, crazy things. I wonder, I wonder if, imagine a world where uh, at the end of your life, the, all the money you had earned just went into mm-hmm. a big pot somewhere. A big, like, went, like a cooking pot or like uh, a witch's like brew a big, pot or? A big cookie jar that. Oh, um, cookie jar. That, <laughs> that the UN had in their kitchen. The um, UN. I don't know. Uh, whoever yeah, controls the, the money, the World Bank, yeah, and it just gets circulated back into the economy or something. But, but, but money's directly related to power. And, yep. and I love the quote absolute power corrupts absolutely. So, you know, you're a good guy. You care about the people around you. You want to make the world a better place. You, you care about your constituents. You know, as 20 when's when's the next election after this one as you know as one, one of the the newest and brightest political minds on the peninsula i'm putting you up for election. Oh. um <sighs> you're welcome but if you had infinite resources would you use them for good and I, yeah of course i would but yeah but here's the thing how would you know if i had infinite resources so if I had like a never-ending bank account, okay, maybe maybe, inf- maybe infinite's the wrong word because yeah, maybe the 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 
if you had an immense amount of resources, yep. if you had Smog's pile of gold, <laughs> yeah. Smog, um, or if you had Jeff Jeff Bezos level mm. wealth, because here's the thing that blows my mind with capitalism is that someone like Jeff Bezos can be, you know, obviously the pandemic has has significantly increased his, um, his net wealth. And again, a lot of it's made up because it's just in the value that people place on it. But, so, you know, we can argue all day about well, how, how made up it is. I, I think I read the other day that Amazon actually has never made a profit. Yeah, but it's, but it's value. Like it's value. This is perceived the, value. That's yeah. The, yeah, exactly. Exactly. This this beer is only worth as much as I'm willing to pay for it, or as someone's willing to pay for it. Sorry. Um, and it's a delicious beer, so I'll pay for it. Yeah. So yep. it, it blows my mind that, and yes, perceived, but that he can't take some of that and pay his staff a living wage and then some. Yeah. It's like, why? And, this, and this, this plays into like a broader economical question because if he were to start paying his workers, let's say like a, a grade one worker, mm. let's, let's like classify them as that. Then let's as say like he, seven, seven year old. <laughs> let's say he started paying them the equivalent of like a grade two worker. Then all the other grade one workers in the country, they're going to go on strike because they're not getting as much as the great, the Amazon grade ones. Go fucking so, work at Amazon. Or the the other, you know, the the Elon Musks of the world, mm. or the you know, I'm just and I'm using figureheads because it's easier to throw throw rocks at a person <laughs> rather than an idea or a, an yeah. invisible because like companies are made up, right? Yeah, they own things, but but the the idea of a company like Virtus doesn't exist. Virtus is just like the idea. space exists. It's an idea. But the whole thing's an an idea. Yeah. So. And it's easy to pick a figurehead. So don't, I don't have anything against Jeff Bezos. I don't, like I said, I'd like, if, mate, if you're listening, pay your fucking workers a little bit more. Um, <laughs> but surely that would eventually, and again, I don't know how fucking the economy works. I've read like two books on the economy and it blew my mind. And I learned more in those two books than I did at school. Um, and I've read them very recently. So it's on my mind, but the surely that that would do good things and again there's got to be a level right and it's got to be systemic and it's got to take time yep. um it can't just be like hey i'm paying you four times the minimum wage yep. but to look at the the way the economies around the world are going in terms of like the cost of living is rising every year much faster than the, the wages are raising uh, uh, or, or yeah growing yep. um so you know surely there's something i don't have an answer but um i think that there's a have you seen trumbo the movie no. it's about communism um and it's about it like a hollywood uh, director who was a you know got lost all his stuff because uh, he was communist but he I've only watched like the first 10 minutes. So I have no fucking clue how the movie ends, but there was a, there was a line early on that, that kind of caught me. You know, he said to his daughter, I think his daughter might have said, daddy, you're a communist. He said, or not, am I a communist? And he says, well, if you have your lunch in front of you and someone over there doesn't have lunch, are you going to give them their lunch? Are you going to eat it all yourself? 
and he, she goes, well, I'll, I'll share it. And she goes, well, you're a little commie. <laughs> Fair enough. And, but, but this is the, this is the thing like um, where people talk about different systems, like they're absolute. Yes. But you know, how long's how long's capitalism, we live in a capitalistic society. How long's capitalism, capitalism been around in the Western world? A couple hundred years, maybe. Long. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, and how long's the human the human race been around? Oh, way longer than hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah, it is a very new invention. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a Nicholas Nassim Taleb quote that I love, and I just asked you that question to to slow you down a little bit so that I could find it so I didn't butcher it, but. With my family, I'm a communist. With my close friends, I'm a socialist. At my state level, I'm a Democrat. At national level, I'm a Republican. At the federal level, I'm a libertarian. Yeah. So it's like the as the scale gets bigger, we care less about the individual person and more about the thing as a whole. But Simon, as I don't know who said it, but what is good for the uh, Marx Aurelius, I think, what is good for the hive is good for the bee. Yeah. And what is good for the bee is good for the hive. Money also isn't a thing to be, so made up. Honey is a thing. So obviously important. Back to education. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Went off off the rails there a little bit, but... Yeah, I like it. it. Education, how would you fix it? Uh, What about the concept of school as a a thing? We need it. So we're not not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I like the idea of, and I don't know how this would be implemented, but I like the idea of project-based learning. Ooh. Where uh, students are given a an objective that is time-bound, that uh, they need to work with other people, they need to allocate resources. Um, Why do we hate group projects so much at uni then? Because we weren't taught how to do it properly. <laughs> Uh, work together. yeah i don't know like obviously in a in a project there's a like a team leader or a project leader um there's people who each have their roles and i mm-hmm. think one of the downfalls of group projects at uni was that we didn't have that no one taught us that how to manage a project yeah properly. it's like everyone's everyone's equal yeah so potentially you could have like pre so to all the uni lecturers here, we just fixed uni group projects. You have to predetermine roles, predetermined roles, yeah. and you know, the depending on the role depends on what percentage of the mark you you get. Therefore, you have to do a. And, but here's the thing: accountability doesn't exist in, in something like that because some people like there's varying levels of commitment to something like university or yes. or education as a whole. Yep. So, what's that's yeah. the other thing about education? It's compulsory. So should should school be compulsory? I don't know. Like, cause cause it, we open a Pandora's box if it's not. What what do you think about this one? And this is devil's advocate because I don't necessarily know if this would fix or change anything. But what what about teachers being under skilled? Do you think they need to stay spend longer at school? And I'm not saying they don't work hard. I'm like some of the hardest person, hardest working people I know are teachers. But I'm saying that you know if if teachers had to be had to have a master's to be a teacher and they were remunerated financially in relation to that, 
do you think schools would be better off? I definitely think that if we paid teachers more, we would have, uh, it attracts talent. It's like in, it's like in a business. If you offer more remuneration, then uh, you attract high performing people. Um, and it's the same with, with schools. If we, like, if, what if, what if we flipped it and we paid our politicians 60 grand Fuck a year all. and paid our teachers. I know, I know you didn't want to have government as a topic, but can, can I, can I throw my two cents in about government at some point? You may. I, I think I fixed it. I think okay. I fixed it. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's nail teaching first and, um, and education. <laughs> and then once we've solved that, we can, we can move on. But, but yeah, so, we, like, all this stuff's intrinsically linked and this is, this is the thing. Yeah. So also it's a social if, problem. It, if you're looking for money for teachers, by all means, take it from the police. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, if we think about it, they are in charge of educating our youth who are going to be the future of this world. So that is a, a great responsibility. And would they be in charge of educating our youth? It is like the best time in the history of the universe what are we talking <laughs> so about? far. Yeah. But should they be responsible for the youth? Like, you know, how, where does the responsibility, uh, is it, does it shift from the teachers to the, to parents, parents to the teachers, teachers to the kid? Like, you know, yeah. Can't say a little six-year-old, or you have a responsibility for your own, um, for your own education. Good luck. Go out, kill the koala. We'll see you in a week. Why not? Maybe we have a koala killing bit, but if we, but that comes back to like if we're teaching the metaphor. If we're obviously teaching children to be that you are responsible for your for your life and for the effort that you put in, which then... Um, when do you start that conversation? Before. Fox wait, wait, in socks. When do, you, when do you start? You're responsible for your life. Fox <laughs> on Fox. I think it, yeah. I like know. I've been telling Lucy for 10 months that she's <laughs> like she's in charge. She's responsible. And she's giving me fucking nothing back. She still expects so, you know, to be... Maybe I'm going too early. Oh, like she started showing herself. It's actually pretty fun to watch. Uh, Shit gets everywhere. Love that. It's like, how is there food in your ear? <laughs> Wait, how is there food in my ear? Welcome uh, to my world, Simon. We love Lucy. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. I love it. Um, I don't know, but I think it needs to be like, it's almost like we avoid having hard conversations and that is a hard conversation to have because we don't know how to have it. Do we avoid having hard conversations like me and you? Is there anything that we need to talk about? Let's take this off here. <laughs> no, no. I think we're, like, I mean, I I guess we're pretty good. We have an open dialogue most of the week. Yeah. Um, but like I said before, our parents are just kids that grew up and then had kids. Yeah. Every single person out there, right? You look at Lucy and you're like, Lucy's adorable. You look at you know any baby and you go, this baby's awesome. Yeah. Every single person on earth was once one of those. Doesn't that freak you out? Like, you know, who's someone that who's someone that we don't like as a human? I have no dislike. Just pick someone. Just pick someone. No, you Vladimir pick someone. Putin. All right. <laughs> One of the more authoritarian leaders that we've ever had. 
he was a baby once. He was a little coochie, 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 or a little bloody, right? So, so how did he turn into the man that he is today when he was the exact same as you and me when we were that age? Maybe he's a great guy. I haven't met him. You know, if you're listening, mate, more than happy to catch up for a beer. But, <laughs> or, or, or a Zoom, vodka. of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, <laughs> getting off the rails so quick. But the when did he turn? I don't know. Like it's not a it's a it's a degrees thing I think in terms of mm. someone isn't born bad right but they eventually get to a point where there's more bad in them than good and they make bad decisions that maybe conscious maybe unconscious maybe because and this this gets the conversation of like what is the self like how much of us is there's a um a thought experiment that's like if so if we're in a planet right so I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this but I don't care. Say we're on Earth and most of our species have moved, moved to Mars, right? And I'm one of the last people here and I can't take my body to Mars, but they've worked out this new technology where they can take all of my thoughts, all of my memories over fucking satellite or whatever to Mars and implant it into a new body that is exactly the same as my current body, right? It's not me. It's a new body. It's like Wallace number two. Yeah. Is it like when my first body dies and I move over there, am I still me? Depends what you classify as. Like so, so, so here's so here's the thing. So so much of it is in the self is it, it's it can't be measured. It's you know, it's um what's the word I'm looking for? I swear I've gotten dumber not having conversations with people every day. Can't think of words anymore. <laughs> um, vocabulary. Yeah, my vocabulary is still working. Um, anyway, I can't, I can't remember what the word is, but the word, but the, it's conceptual in a way because it's like I've got to decide where I draw the line. There's no, um, you know, scientific body of evidence to show me that this is, this is what the color blue. Yeah, it's a certain amount of green, a certain amount of other colors. Like we can objectively know what the color blue is. Yeah, yeah. we I can't objectively describe what the color blue is no. to someone that's never seen blue, but we can, as a species, agree that this is this. Yeah. You know? yeah. But there's no way to describe what which when I cease being me or if I cease being me. So the back to the old little Vladdy boy. You know, it's not like he ends up being a cunt at 12. He's like, has his 11th birth, his 12th birthday and wakes up. He's like, all right, let's go punch <laughs> on with some bears. Let's, let's ride a horse with no shirt <laughs> <laughs> And again, might be a great guy. You know, hit me up, mate. Um, uh, just not on socials. Email me. But the, you know, the, I like to think that we all do the best we can with what we have. And I like to think that maybe that's, me being naive maybe that's mm. me not understanding how the world works well enough um i don't know just be nice to the people around you well we were talking about the golden rule today uh-huh. like what's the golden rule simon uh love the neighbor <laughs> as thyself yeah exactly do unto others as you would have them do unto you right yeah. which is a perfect uh thought process to go 
if I treat other people the way I want to be treated, they'll treat me the way they want to be treated and we'll all live happy and harmoniously. Surely everyone in the world can understand that concept. Yeah. Why is the world so full of you know hate and pain and suffering and good people, bad things happening to good people and things like that? It's because yeah. there's layers to that golden rule that we potentially don't talk about enough. Like the... All right, I'll treat you the way I want to be treated as long as you treat me that way first. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like waiting for you to treat me well before yeah. um, I decide to treat you well. It's like, you know, it's like guilty before no, you go first. Innocent compared to yeah. the other way around. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, there's obviously levels, levels or degrees of how well you treat someone. Mm. You know, so you, you yeah, know, obviously yeah. we we all have people we like and people we don't like. So you de de determine how you treat them based on those preconceived feelings. Mm -hmm. But certain people maybe don't have the same moralistic values as other people, so they can push the boundaries of that rule a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like like I was saying today, um, and obviously everyone else isn't privy to that conversation, so maybe I should just say it like I'm saying it for the first time. <laughs> but I was saying that like there's. So in Super Thinking, that book I was reading a couple of months ago, there's a thing called the freeloader effect. And the freeloader effect is basically like a rule's great if it works if you know 99% of people do it, but when it gets to like 76% of people, then it falls down. Yeah. And I was and I was kind of saying, well, if 99% of people treat people the way they want to be treated, the world would be magnificent. But it gets to a point if too many people decide that they want to be an exception to the rule is the rule ceases to exist and you know like uh vaccines and herd immunity eventually it gets to a point where enough people are not doing it that the whole fucking house of cars come crashing down and it's a shit show right like imagine just put your little future hat on for a moment imagine if in 30 years times polio's polio's back because the karens decided they didn't want to vaccinate their kids anymore damn it karen like in the scheme of things, that sounds ridiculous, but there's measles resurgences in, in the US and, and different countries because of this. And it's like, I don't know, maybe they're, maybe back to the education thing, maybe we just need to teach kids at the, the place they hold in the universe. But it's like, it's insignificant as it gets. Mm. But at the same time, these are the people that your decisions influence. Yeah, if if they realise that it's not about them, it's about others, um, and every action has a consequence. Uh, and like you kind of said, like it's not just a single decision; it's the compounding effect, compounding effect of multiple decisions or multiple pe people making the same decision oh. that cause the big changes. Um, this is one of my new favorite beers, by the way. The bearded seal. From, shout, shout out from Hop Nation. Get around the lads. That makes an excellent beer. I'm also drinking Hop Nation. Oh, unofficial podcast sponsor. Love that. Um, what are we talking about? Education and stuff. Uh, little little actions turning into big consequences, basically. Little <clears throat> levers move big rocks. Mm. Give me yes. a lever long enough, and I will move the world. Oh, Archimedes, probably. I don't know. Probably should start misquoting everyone. Just start saying saying things and and giving it to someone completely different. <laughs> to infinity and beyond. 
Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> um, sh should we switch to a different topic, or should we? Like, sure. I know that they're, they're, there's going to be swings and roundabouts, and they'll come back. But how about? And I've got four topics written down here um, okay. that we're, we're potentially going to talk about. And education was at the bottom, so you kind of threw me at the start because I was like, oh, oh, he'll talk about one of the big ones first. But education's a big one, I guess. Education's important. Can I riff on how I think we should we can fix government? Here we go. Welcome to my TED talk. So, just so you know, I have no fucking clue what I'm talking about, but this is this is this is a fun. This is an unqualified opinion. This correct, correct. If you want to know about stretch shorten cycle and how to get the most out of your your you know one k time or you know potentially bench press or if you want to play good footy physically, then I can help. But this you know take it with a grain of salt. Um, take it with a you know lump of salt. Saying, where that saying comes from? Uh, I don't know. No, neither do I. Um, so, <laughs> government. Here's my thoughts. And, 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 and plans around it. Where do I start? There's so many things. All right. So over the last couple of hundred years, there's been a, a clear separation of church and state, which has been, you know, brilliant for the state because maybe the church isn't, uh, isn't the most evidence rich belief system, which is fine. Um, you know, I'm probably going to believe in a, a deity in 40 or 50 years when I'm on the verge of losing consciousness forever and I need something to, to keep me keep me going. But church and state separation has been very uh, beneficial for the, 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 the social movements that have shaped our last 100 years, right? Women voting, uh, you know, equality for all, all these kind of things. Um, it needs to go further, right? There needs to be separation. So there's church over this side, there's state in the middle. There needs to be further separation between science and state, right? So here's the deal. 99, let's, I'm just using climate change as an example, but if 99% of scientists believe that climate change is happening and the evidence is overwhelming, why the fuck is it politicized? Why are we talking about it? It like I don't give a fuck if there's one guy, one scientist that has the conversation because only one person can be sorry, what one scientist that is arguing that it's not happening, but he gets the same amount of time as the 99% others. Like, come on. So here's what we do: all the important issues, and we've got to find out where we draw the line on important issues. It's like, you know, what lockdown rules do we think are ridiculous and we think are not there's a line somewhere yeah outdoor pools open gym's not come on but anyway so we draw the line at the things that can drastically impact our quality of life on earth and our ability to stay here for long term yeah so climate change great example thanks for bringing it up and if you haven't seen david attenborough's new documentary watch it he um he gets a little heavy on the humans or a plague thing but i'm fine with it wow so did i lose you no get you get wait so i'm gonna come back i'm back
Oh, there we go. So what I'm thinking, like the internet itself, um, is that we draw the line around things that can actually impact the the longevity of the human race and of the the world as a whole. Um, I've generally you've, you've paused. I don't know. I don't know if it's recording. I don't know if I'm seeing you. You go. It's gonna just gonna hold. Just think amongst those would do. <laughs> I generally can't see you. I can't hear you. Lost everything. Can you hear me? Uh, Kill your if, video for a second and turn it back on. If it's uh, it's still recording on my end, and we can't hear Lachlan, so hopefully he, hopefully we uh, get back in touch soon. Uh, in the meantime, he's a little ditty. <gasps> he moved. He moved. Can we have me? life? All right, we're back. What? I saw a thumb. Did you do that like the? Can't hear him. Can't see him. I'm just gonna hang out. Talk, talk to myself. <laughs> keep. T he says keep talking. Okay. Um, oh, now I lost me buddy. Me, me train of thought. Why is it called train of thought anyway? <laughs> All right. So what was I talking about? Science. There's a there's a line we draw, and it's an arbitrary line, but I don't care. We, we can move the line, like they can change down the track. But the stuff that the consensus is like maybe above 85% on or 80% on, then we run with it. Yeah, we let the, the scientists, the people that have studied their whole life on the thing, we let them decide what we do with the important shit. Okay. Then in the middle, we've got the, the state, we've got the politicians, we've got the way that different countries and things are run which this is this can be up for debate certain parts of it because of different uh different uh cultures and different belief systems and things like that yeah like i don't expect uh timbuktu to run the same way as new zealand yeah you can do your own thing but this we start from the top the people running it have to be in the stage of life that dalio is in now yeah, we spoke about it before in the third stage of life where they're like, I've actually done something. I'm not just a career politician that realized that this was a great way to make a few bucks and fly around the world and go to Hawaii when there's bushfires, etc. There's someone that's actually been a contributing member of their industry for a certain period of time. And I don't know, maybe this is a radical idea. But the health minister has to be someone from the health system. <laughs> yeah. The education minister, their, their sole uh, qualification for being the education minister can't be that they went to school. Yeah. They need to have been in the thick of things for a while. Like a teacher. Like a teacher or a, an educator of some sort. Yeah. Which and maybe there's a there's a rule. They're not dealing with the important shit like whether we burn the earth alive or not. They're dealing with the slightly less important shit like how do we teach our kids. Still important, mm -hmm. but slightly less important. Um, and if we do that, no career politicians gone have to be in your industry for 10, 15 years, have to actually have runs on the board before you take up public office. Yeah. 
then and obviously there's different levels of public office. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with local. I'm happy with state. I think COVID has shown us that we need state governments. Um, I agree. Local governments seem like a bit of a wank a little bit, but I, I, I see the there's utility. Yeah. I see the utility in it. Um, but yeah. maybe there needs to be a better... I don't know. I would feel more likely to vote for people in or to want to vote for people or want to get around the local government if I knew that these people had done things. Yeah. I don't care. Like what you believe is fine, but what you believe off the back of what you've done is more, what you have done is more important. Mm. Um, so if I know someone's that's ran three small businesses and, 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 you know, has been a part of the local, local community has done this, this, and this, I'm going to be more likely to vote for them than someone who says, I'm a hero for small business, but I'm 19 and, you know, I haven't done anything. I have no issue with young people doing good things, but it's like having a life coach at 18. Like, there can't be 18-year-old life coaches. You haven't fucking done anything. And I'm not underplaying your experiences, but I was a fuckwit when I was 18. <laughs> I was an I was an idiot. I didn't know what I'm doing, what I was doing. I don't know what I'm doing now. But if someone gave gave me the keys to teach someone about life, I would have had a crack. I would have done a horrible job. Um, you would have backed yourself in. I would have. But this is the problem. Like the arrogance and ego of 18 year old <laughs> Wallace was, you know, insurmountable at times. So that's how I'd fix it. There'd be three levels church state science we'd have clear lines and obviously there's movement between the lines um i don't think one guy should be in charge which is a fairly like it's there's a consensus there i think we should have like i said before we pick like the 12 different areas it might be like business uh education um environment health etc and we have a you know, maybe the science fiction movie's got it right. Maybe we should have a council of elders. And they don't have to be old, but they've just got to have done something. I got, yeah, they've got, got some skin in the game board. and they've done... Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, that's 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 my thoughts. Government, discuss. Oh, um, you're done. I'm done. <coughs> that's all I, that's, <laughs> no, I could go I, forever, but I think that, tell, that gives you my... The yeah, that's cool. How, um, how I feel. Yeah, I like that. It's I just don't understand how there can be, you know, 99% consensus between scientists yet, you know, we're still, it's 2020 and we're still argue, like, there's still argument or conversation or to use the U S an example. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's happening at the moment, but for them to not bring up climate change in the last, in the debate, in the debate, yeah. that should be, that should be 80% of what we're fucking talking about. Yep. Yep. It's yeah. I think one of the biggest issues is that, there's um there's almost like way too many factors and it just like muddies the water there's too many people that the politicians are trying to please uh from the best way to industries. stop water from muddying just let it sit for a little bit just stop and just watch it see what happens yeah um, i think you're right like you're spot on it just gets muddy and muddy and muddy and muddy and then we don't know up from where we're in, in in this analogy we're in the water uh -huh. submerged we don't hide from down because it's so dark and we don't know where we're going yeah and we're gonna drown <laughs> well it's like it's like 
Um, I watched a movie the other day around the Tasmanian Tiger. Will, mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe, who is potentially the greatest actor of you know any generation, he's a king. Oh. Love him a bit. He actually don't know why he was in a movie about the Tasmanian Tiger, but that's not important. But I was thinking about the the loggers because they do a little bit of environmentalist stuff there, and you know how the the greenies would tie themselves to to trees, and the the loggers who would be like. You know, you're taking our jobs, you're taking our lives, and they're like genuine. You know, people, I, I believe, were killed in in the you know, the last fifty years in Tasmania around like the the damming and the the hydro stuff. It, it I just think it's it's so short sighted for the loggers to be like, if you cut, if you don't let us cut down these trees, we'll lose our jobs. Mm. Like we've all seen the Lorax, we know what happens when the one slick cuts down all the trees. Yeah. You right? know what I haven't you know what I haven't seen? The Lorax. You, how have you not seen the Lorax? <laughs> I love how you're so outraged well, about this. Oh, the Lorax is like the Lorax is the movie that shows you why capitalism isn't gonna work long term. <laughs> it's like I don't like watch David Attenborough if you want, but just fucking watch the Lorax. Read the book. To do list. Watch Lorax. Put it like tomorrow. Like I'm not letting you start work tomorrow until you've watched the Lorax. Deal. <laughs> Deal. Um, if if there's if there's a movie to watch, it's the Lorax. But the one slick cuts down all the trees. So he had a deal with the Lorax, who's the protect, protector of the trees, that he's not going to cut down the trees. He's just going to pick the the fur to make the. Don't give it away. Spoilers. Needs. No, this is important. I don't care. You have you've had your chance. The movie came out in 2010. The book was probably from like the 70s when Dr. Seuss was, you know, pumping. Pumping about. You've had eight years. All right. You've had your chance. There's a there's a what's it called when you've got a certain amount of years until things become public domain? What's the what's the uh, term? Not sure. Ah, oh, it's gonna bug me, and I'm gonna think of it as soon as we're off podcast. No, I don't have it. You've got a certain amount of time and then bad luck. Spoilers don't exist anymore. All right. That's fair. Like That's fair. if I'm talking about Alien from 1973 and you haven't and you haven't seen it and you're like, oh, no spoilers. No. You know, you know what I haven't seen? It shoots out of the, the chest. <laughs> ah! It's brilliant. Brilliant. I, I've seen that bit. Oh. Yeah, but you're just grace. Watch some fucking movies. Well, man. As you were. Educate yourself. <laughs> Um, here's here's how we should change education. Everyone should subscribe to my letterbox, and I will teach you about good movies. I was too busy learning about Pythagoras to watch films. See, not important. I don't care the long side of a triangle. I'll just ask someone else to check it. Or like, <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Lorax cutting down trees. Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Willem Dafoe. Oh, yeah. So the the loggers, right? Would would, and that whole industry is just like oh, we've got to cut down these trees. There is a finite number of trees, mm-hmm. yeah? So if we decide that climate change isn't a thing, then, you know, eventually we're fucked, mm. yeah? Um, a line from David Attenborough that I watched last night, so it's still somewhat in my head, he's just like, if we can't do it forever, it is by defini- definition unsustainable and we need to change the way we're doing it. Yeah. So for the loggers in Tasmania, they're short-sighted because they go, you want to cut down trees, I'll lose my job. But if I keep cutting down trees, everyone will lose their job. <laughs> the world yeah. will go poof into a big fiery ball and we'll all die. 
but it'll just happen over a couple of hundred years and it'll be slow and painful and there'll be lots of human suffering and i guess that's better than someone not having a job maybe it's just again it's just a matter of perspective like oh realizing that the uh the whole is greater than the sum of its parts and Good. um seeing that like Imagine if all of the world's resources were pulled together to solve our, all of our big problems. <clears throat> We'd be able to just so like what are, what, are our, what, are our, what are our big problems that need solving? Climate change. Obvious number Climate one. change is, is always number one. Poverty. Yeah, inequality. Uh, so. <laughs> what? There you go. <laughs> Poverty I'm talking too much. Inequality. You need to tell me to shut up. No, it's all right. Have hard conversations. You can tell me to shut up. <laughs> There's a 20% chance I'll listen. Consensus is Funny, that I should not, shut up. Not. But I'm not going to. We should get a poll going. I am the single uh, climate change denying scientist. <laughs> and up. you will hear me up. roar. <laughs> you will hear me roar. I will voice my opinion. Climate change. Okay. Poverty. Yeah. Uh Inequality mm-hmm. between gender, race, religion. Uh, Genders don't exist anymore. Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot. Um, so anything else? They're the big three. They're the big three. Well, you could say world peace. That's just a fight. All war is just a fight over resources and power, right? Yeah, and we are fallible uh, beings and power will always be a thing and war will always be a thing. Potentially, like we just sit people in the naughty corner rather than shooting them in the head, maybe. Like potentially there's a different way to wage war. Just give them a time out. Let's wage psychological war where we like, like talk about the meaning of life and you know bring bring large groups of people into existential angst and make them question (laughs) the question on the ground they walk on and, and the thoughts they have and, and where, what, whether their self is and you know, if we were to go to Mars and they were to be beamed up like <laughs> like Captain Kirk, like, <laughs> yeah, w- w- would they be them or would they be something else? Like these are the questions we should be asking, but we only are able to ask those questions as, you know, people who live in a, a brilliant part of the world and are very lucky and weren't sure. aren't lucky by their own doings they're lucky because we were born here um, we inherited that that and, I, and I think really, that that's what too many maybe not enough people that is a perspective play not mm-hmm. enough of us or not enough people understand that you know when you hear that 60 percent of wealth in the us is inherited yeah then Obviously, all of the poverty is inherited too. Yeah. So, you know, we have a, a heightened sense of accomplishment as to the things that we do. Um, but I am who I am because of where I was born, the people that were around me when I was, was brought up by my parents who raised me. I am not who I am because of the things I've done. Hmm. I was that person... I'm that person regardless of the things I was done that that I've done. Yeah. I can fuck it up and yeah, I can move the needle a certain amount, but there's a bandwidth to that. 
I wasn't born in a in the slums of Brazil with no money and no hope and, and no family that can raise me. I was born with, you know, to parents that owned a owned a home and you know were you know dad was able to work, mum was able to look after me. Like, I think that the perspective and it's maybe back to the education. If we learn that birth lottery is a thing, and we learn that, mm. like. Yes, we have to. I don't know where I'm going, but if we, yes, we have to play the cards we are dealt. But if we're play, if we're dealt good cards, we almost have a responsibility as humans to be able to help the next the generations of people that don't have good cards. Let's give them. Let's give them. A, let's chuck them an ace if we can. Yeah. <laughs> but there's there's people hoarding piles of aces. This is not a normal 52-card deck, Simon, if you were wondering. I was not. There's people hoarding the, all these kings and aces. Yeah. Well, just fucking give them out. You only need a couple. Yeah, that's... I, that's bring back, bring out the cookie jar, the UN cookie jar. Oh, we're back to the cookie jar. No, but the Let UN me finish that line of thought. Power. <laughs> because... I want to if, tell you why the cookie jar is flawed. <laughs> what are you going against cookies? If when you die... Let's say like a um, there is a an X amount, a figure that is passed on to your your children or um, your family. So that like a is capped amount. A capped amount rather than like Ooh. rather than like ten percent because there's a big disparity between like one person's ten percent and another person's ten percent. But if there's like a cap number that's passed on to your your family and the rest of it is pulled together and is put toward solving these big big problems then all of a sudden this inherent this um inherited wealth thing isn't a problem because people have to earn their way up the ladder they need to we're assuming that it is a problem let's assume it's a problem that's our assumption that is my perspective that is the the i also believe it's a problem (laughs) yeah good uh but yeah all of a sudden it means that everyone starts off from the same starting line uh, an effort and commitment towards something is rewarded. Uh, people can't just sit back and become lazy and spend their wealth on frivolous superficial things that don't actually add value to. But what if they want to like, well, then they have to earn it. So, I don't know what the percentage is, but I would imagine that the amount of so think of the things that we buy that we don't need: TVs, um, you know, phone chargers, beers. But but there's the thing: like, who gets to say what we can buy and what we can't? Mm. I am this this beer is doing great things <laughs> by my inner 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 chemistry at the minute. Perceived value is high, right? So perceived value is high. So. Yeah. Sure, Who the fuck are you to tell me I can't buy my beer? You can buy your beer if you want because you've worked hard to earn the money to buy it. But there's the work hard thing. Like it's like has someone who inherited 400K or a million bucks or whatever the number is. Hmm. Yeah, sure, they've worked hard. But, you know, the the guy, the cleaner at the shops or the guy, you know, hmm. the guy sweeping up after people or the, the guy doing the... Working really three jobs to support what, a family. Yeah, exactly. The, these are the people that they work hard. So hard work isn't 
no. isn't does it determine whether you end up uh, wealthy at the end of your existence or not? And this is the thing that I think I definitely thought that early on. Yeah, I definitely would have had that belief system when I was growing up. Was that well, the harder you work, the lucky the you know hard, like luck yeah. luck yeah. is a product of hard work. Mm-hmm. The harder you work, the luckier you get. So therefore, if I work hard, I will get what I want. Yeah. But that doesn't. That's not how life works. You know, the you can work all of your life and get to here, and some some guy could be born into a family with wealth that starts here, and then you know, you're I die here. This guy starts here. Mm. It's like where's the where's the equality? Yeah. So you know, it doesn't exist. So then the question the... is, what, what do we do about it? Don't you well, fucking say cookie jar. If there's a cookie jar, then the less fortunate yeah, people can just dip jar. in and, and grab a couple of chopped chips, you know? Okay, so are you saying like a <clears throat> a dis- redistribution of resources in terms yes. of money? Yes. So are you saying that universal basic income should be a thing? I am. Are you potential. drawing this? Uh, so I agree. I think here's the thing: we have in our in our minds over the last couple of years, we've gone from. Um, doing whatever the king wants, depending on which part of the world we're from, to we have to work 40 hours a week. Like, how long has yeah. a 40-hour work week been around? I'm Googling it. Surely but, since the Industrial Revolution, which was like... Yeah, but a couple hundred years ago, 1700s yeah. onwards. Yeah. Uh, 40-hour work week origin. I'm basically... That's like the, the evolution of the factory worker and like mass production and industrial. 1866. There you go. Right? So, years. second question: How long have humans been Homo sapiens? <laughs> Two hundred thousand years, right? Which is the number I had in my head. I should have just said it with some authority, and I would have sounded smart, but I didn't because I check my things by one Google search. I've done my research. <laughs> done my research. Thank you, Google. Thank you, Google. Um, so 200,000 years, right? Yeah. You're good at math, Simon. Work out what 1866 to now is how many Let's years? Let's round up to 200 years. So Yeah. What's what's the percentage? 0.001 or something. I'm Googling things really well, so. Yeah, I, I did, did not get the right answer. Um, it's about so it's a very, very small percentage, right? Of all of the human existence and all of the things that we've learned and gained along the way, we've decided over the last 150 years that 154 years that the 40 hour work week, oh, yeah, good. The 40 hour work week is, hold on, you got the right zeros. I am. Thank you, Pythagoras. Do you want a medal? <laughs> oh, do you want a participation trophy? Yeah, we should talk about participation trophies. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, so for 200, so 0.001% of our, of our existence as humans, we've decided that the 40 hour work week is a thing. I think that if we can get robots and automated machines to do our jobs for us, great. Because then we can have important conversations like what is the meaning of life? How do we fix climate change, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We can actually do shit that we love to do. We don't have to be stuck in a cubicle or stuck doing something that we don't love. And I don't think we should love everything. I think there's hard things. If, if we do a job we love, 
there's going to be massive amounts of difficulty and struggle with it, but we love that. It's good. We like doing hard things. Um, but if we are able to utilize technology to redistribute wealth better, which you know at the moment we're kind of getting to the cusp of it happening, but that wealth is being funneled into really narrow uh, humans like Jeff Bezos, for an example, again, figurehead. Jeff's, um, Jeff's getting ravaged tonight. <laughs> you know what? I don't think Jeff gives a fuck. <laughs> He's sitting there on his fucking mountain of gold with his fucking dragons going, this guy. <laughs> but there, there's the, like, we understand that, right? The, the, you, the US politician who um, is pushing this stuff is Andrew Yang, and I, I really like some of his ideas. Um, so, you know, chuck a quick Google search, do your research and learn about him. Um, and I think that there is so much utility to a universal basic income. What I was talking about before about bringing us everyone on earth to the poverty line and then up a, up a bunch of levels so that we can all start worrying about self-actualization. Like we all want to belong, great. And then we, if we're all self-actualizing, then surely the world becomes a better place. Like we learn how we learn how to how to farm correctly so that we're and sustainably. Like I said, the definition of sustainably before. We learn how to fish the ocean sustainably. We learn how to spend our days sustainably. We learn how to you know, do this and do this and do this which means that all of the, the best minds in the world are spending time on the things that matter, which is yep. for me, again, everyone's got their own meaning of life, but for me, it's, it's to live a life of contribution and enjoyment. They're probably the two things that I think we, we should do good things with good people and contribute to the, the world around us. And we should have a f lots of fun while we do it. Didn't swear. <laughs> Pretty. Uh, love that. I um, I agree. So we have we have we sorted it? It's not fixed yet. I think we fixed it. Should I, should, I hope Vladimir is listening. We should send this by direct by by airmail. Who do you reckon would listen? Who do you reckon would listen? If like pick a world leader who would listen. A world leader, Jacinda. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. She seems very approachable. She does. She does. So we fixed. So so we fixed education, or like I think we we threw education a couple of bones, but we didn't fix it because <laughs> so different. But I think there should be a desire based learning in education. Like we talk about project based, desire based. What do you want to learn? Kid loves dinosaurs. Go learn about dinosaurs. That's like um like Steiner schools. That they do that. Um, yes and, and there is I th like i think there is utility to that but there's not a lot of evidence oh. to support that it is an effective way to learn yeah i yeah i haven't looked into science schools enough but i guess i i've had and we've had the conversation on this podcast with tommy and and sammy and eliza about like what schools we wanted our kids to go to and stuff um like we did a couple of those podcasts and then kp got pregnant whoops um best thing ever though um but now like i've actually got to start having those yeah conversations slash thought processes it. slash 
do the do my quick Google search research. Um, <laughs> I'm actually not using Google. Fun fact. I'm on DuckDuckGo. Quack quack. Yeah. Same. Yeah. So, Just... which I hate because it doesn't have all of the uh, the secret spy where follow me around the internet, knowing exactly what I want to search. So I've got to you know actually pay attention to what I type in. It doesn't follow me around the internet. Yeah. But if you are, if you want a search engine, and again, unofficial sponsor, but if you want a search engine to not follow you around the internet, DuckDuckGo is brilliant. Yep. And I'm going to, I'm going to give uh, Gabrielle a plug. Oh. Great book. Good book. Super thinking. This is the best, one of the best books I've ever read. I can honestly say that about the last four books I've read. But... Love that. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about social media? Oh, I think we've talked about social media enough. Yeah, don't do it. It's a trap. Just have a month off. We'll see what you think. Do a lock on. Go I'm having three uh, months off. Three months. Just mm-hmm. go the full hog. The whole hog? The full hog. The whole hog? <laughs> Either one. <Go> <laughs> yeah. Just find, find a hog. Um, well, you mentioned inequality, right? How do we fix inequality? Because you, you brought it up a couple of times. You obviously uh, have yes, some uh, have some guilt associated with that. And you feel like you need to fix it. <laughs> I think it like I think for me it just blows my mind that there that we are that like women still don't have equal rights or um, where where do they not have equal rights? Well, like the pay the pay gap that sort of thing. Yeah, there's, the, the, there's reasons to, and I'm, I'm partly being a, li- a little bit like obnoxious here yeah, yeah but there's reasons to to uh like there's evidence to show that the pay gap is because of choices more than inequality yeah and that's like and, traditional choices so, that have built to yeah. where we are today yeah but there's also the uh which we know a lot about is the assertiveness um you know you're you're more likely for example you're more likely to get a raise if you ask for it mm-hmm and if you're not not as assertive, you're less likely to ask. And as and yes, I'm painting a whole sex with the same brush, but but females are, are less likely, on average, to be assertive than males are. Right. So there's there's reasons like that, and there's obviously the, the childbearing reason, and you know there's yeah. a, there's a bunch yeah. of other reasons. Yeah, for sure. Um, but. You know, the K, KP posted something about it the other day and I, and yeah. I was like, do you want to talk about it? She's like, no, nah, I don't want to talk about it because I was like, question. but she's like, do you, she was looking up super stuff and she's yeah. like, do you think it's a problem? Um, and she put it a poll out on Instagram and I was the only one that said no. <laughs> and it's not that I don't. I was Part of me was just being a little antagonistic. Um, but it's the same thing as like the people that start with a lot of money make a lot of money. It's like there's a reason why the billionaires have made lots of money during the pandemic, is because they they had the they had the capital to begin with that they can leverage to to make more, right? And like there's a reason why guys males have more super contribution than females is because of the reasons we've mentioned. Yeah. Um, so it exists. Because the reason this is what, like, my conversation around equality is we don't need everyone should be treated the same. And I don't want to sit, come off the wrong way. Everyone should be treated the same, full stop. Everyone, mm-hmm. sh- people shouldn't be 
discriminated against because of their their belief system, their sex, their gender, or their race. People shouldn't have to fight against the things they can't choose. It's just to to, to me, this is a non-conversation. Like I I I, I would agree, I would agree, but we're we're having it because it exists. Yes. It's like don't be a cunt to people should be a non-conversation, but I feel myself <laughs> re- repeating it more often than I would like to. And I apologize to anyone for saying the C word. Um, I said it for emphasis. Emphasis. <laughs> uh, put emphasis yeah. on different syllables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're so easy to take that on got- your, your, your thought train. That just got me. What <laughs> <laughs> would the beer ad? Too, too uh, many, too many bearded seals. Too many uh, Denzels. Yes, too the, many Madeleine McCanns. Dis- the discrimination thing is just like, I'm not interested in having a conversation about anyone trying to just himself, justify themselves otherwise, really. Yes. And maybe that is very close-minded of me <laughs> not to be open in my, in my beliefs, but uh, there are obviously systems in our society that are very slow moving and very, uh, yeah, very slow to change. And there are a lot of people and groups within society that have uh, belief systems that they like identify with so strongly, which is why that they can't, can't or aren't willing to change. Um, Oh, and, and I look at it and go, okay, we understand that. And it, but equality shouldn't, equality doesn't need to exist, but equity yeah. does. Yes. Yeah, so that's the, so there's a difference between equality and equity. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Equity is the access to opportunity. Uh, yeah. So it's like it, there's, you don't get, there's no bias because of your X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Whereas equality, everyone gets a fair go. Everyone gets everyone gets equal equal share, and I don't think we we should have equal share because people work different, like people value different things, people work different ways, etc., etc., etc. But then it, then it, then the issue becomes the 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 structure of society where we're structured with a like salaried x amount of hours per week. This is your your worth. Like you know you need yep. you need to earn a living wage to you know exist. Which is why didn't any adults tell me that this is what being an adult was? Yeah, <laughs> like it's like starting a business. It's like you go, oh, this is gonna be fun. We're gonna do some things. What I've got to earn four grand a week before I actually make a dollar. What? And it's like as a human, yeah. I wish someone told me that. As a human, we need to make a certain amount before we can, like anything becomes excess. So like you know. Would, depends where we live and what we do, but you know, mortgage or rent, and then there's food, and then there's safety and clothing, and like you know, we need to tick those boxes before we can do anything. Yeah, yeah, which is fine, but it's almost like the we've grown to the gap between gap between survival and thrival, which is a word I just made up. <laughs> you like that? A lot. Play on. Over the last 50 years, being smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And, you know, I like blaming people, so let's blame the boomers. It's their fault, (laughs) okay? They got free uni and then they fucked up society 
and made us pay for everything because they wanted to make money. God damn it. It's like in South in South Park, in Team America, where they're like, you know, the children were playing in the Sean Penn, children are playing in gumdrop meadows and and having fun. And then there was the corporations up in their their buildings being your corporation y and they make money. That's pretty much what it is. It's a couple of people pulling the levers and making it harder for the, the next generation. And I could go on all day. But I've spoken about it before, but the the thing, if there's one thing that frustrates me the most, it's people or generations or individuals who believe that my, I had it hard when I was growing up, my kids should have it hard too. Or that like our generation was tough. Back in my day, this was horrendous. So everyone else should experience that too. The goal of existence yeah. in the Western society should be to leave it better than you found it. To make, make easier. the world a better place so that your kids yeah. don't have to worry about survival. They don't have to worry about yeah. uh, the where they're getting food. They don't have to worry about where they're getting shelter. They can worry about what the fucking meaning of life is. They can argue about stupid shit like that. Which, Maybe that's just a then, false objective then. But at the end of the day, none of it matters anyway because we die and you know the sun's going to explode in a couple hundred thousand years and you know why not just kill the whales now? Maybe inherently, we just we know that we're going to die, so we just don't care enough. <laughs> oh, I hate that. But if we're here and we have the capacity to think and capacity the capacity to look to the future, which among you know a thousand other things is the reason why we are in the position we are fucking up the world. Uh-huh. Why wouldn't we do something about it? Yeah, it's like Marcus Aurelius' quote: "Don't argue what a good man should be. Just be it." Oh, oh, that's my favorite. That's one of my favorite quotes. Oh, I realize that I say that's it. my that's my favorite book, quote, movie. Insert here <laughs> more than twice a day. <laughs> Insert new thing here. Like this is my favorite book, but this is also my favorite book. <laughs> this is my favorite shirt. This is my favorite shoes. Oh yeah, has I love you strong time shirt. Love that. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. I was writing a, I'm writing a blog post at the moment, which is like the the 33 things I've learned since becoming a dad. <laughs> and one of them was like, my favorite thing about being a dad is seeing how much Lucy loves her mom and how much her mom loves um, Lucy's loved by her mom. Mm-hmm. And then like three things later, I wrote, my favorite thing about being a dad is, and I was like, what am I doing? I've got too many favorite things. Maybe I need to, okay. you know how the word uh, literal, no, What's the, the the word literal means literal? What was the word that like got changed in the dictionary to mean literal? Don't know. Haven't heard that story. Oh man, I can't think. What is it? And I talk about something else, and I'll find out. Yeah, fig, uh, figurative. No, literally. No, yeah, lit. Sorry, literally got changed to mean figuratively. Okay. Yeah, so it's like I literally did this. Well, yeah. no, you didn't. But then it actually got changed because too many people were using it. I need to get the, I need to protest or I need to uh, put out a petition for the word favorite to get changed to mean a bunch of things that you like rather than your absolute favorite thing. But then what is your absolute favorite? Like, what's the word for your absolute favorite? It's like my ultimate thing, but I can't say, I can't pick a thing. My ultimate favorite. When I say favorite, it's right in this moment with my current thought process. 
Like, this is my favorite book. But I could make a great argument why this is my favorite book. Yeah. Yeah. This is my favorite and podcast episode so far. There's part of me in my head that's going, oh, you fuck with the blue one. And the other part's going, you're a dickhead. It's the red one. And I'm going, well, I don't know which one it is. Maybe it's one of those ones. I don't bloody know. <laughs> Do we have to have a fav- an absolute ultimate favorite? No, but it, it adds weight to when I'm saying, when I'm talking to Simon or whoever it is, let's say it's you, and you say, what book should I read? I say, well, my favorite book is this. It adds weight to I say, well, you should read this book. It's just language we use. It's all made up. We're just throwing shit at a wall and some of it's sticking. And, you know, maybe we should just read Harry Potter. because Language is just syntax and grammar. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> And you say that a lot as well. I do hate that though, (laughs) because it's like, like one sentence can take one of the most brilliant inventions of humankind and turn turn it into like a trivial small a trivial thing, and it's it shouldn't. It's like people say social media is bad, which, and again, I'm off social media at the moment for three months because I am better than everyone that's currently on social media. I realize that I am morally superior and that I actually understand the way the world works better than you all. So everyone, you know, bad I, I, luck. I apologize for my friend. I can't help it. I can't help but realize, you know, after six days and nine hours, my moral moral superiority about being off social media but like people tar it with a brush of it's bad Mm. it is the most brilliant thing that we've ever come up with in terms of connectedness and being able to connect Mm. but it's a tool in the toolbox exactly jeff emailed me back the other day and said i'm a toolbox and i oh no it was in the survey he said lockie's a toolbox and i'm just like i still don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing with Jeff, it's probably bad. As a, as a morally superior human, I'm taking it as a good thing. But there's like anything we can say there's good and bad to it, right? Um, can we talk about how we fix the fitness industry? Can that be oh, a thing? Might break us. Sure. Or is it too close to home? Is it too... I think that almost deserves like, like a full episode. We part can... of... Yeah. Part of this conversation is more enjoyable because we have no fucking clue what we're talking about. And we know we've got no clue. What, like we yeah. know that we're just making, like throwing shit at a wall. Like, in terms of. Invested in the fitness sure, industry. Sure. There's a little bit of context, like the education minister. I went to school so I can talk about education, you know, like the environmental minister. I live on planet earth so I can talk about climate change. You know, like the health minister. I've been to a hospital. That actually. That an apple. Those those things properly properly rile me up because I can't like it's the I get if you're in a position of power that you want to look after your mates I get that like you know I want to be able to do things for people at Virtus because it ups my social standing and makes me feel good about myself but when the fate of the free world is at stake and I don't think that's hyperbole or hyperbole yep. if you're that way inclined syllable. So Salavo, <laughs> always made up. I can say however the fuck I want. Grammar and syntax, everybody. <laughs> grammar and syntax. So this, so this, welcome to grammar and syntax with Simon Wallace. <laughs> so why do we not call you Simon? 
It's it's happened before. Uh, has, has it? Where? Oh, there was a. Oh, tell us about the time oh, we went man. to the UK. This was actually in where was it? Uh, in Bosnia. Get another beer. I um. So Almost everybody, here's a sidetrack. Uh, 2016, Bosnia, staying with a in an Airbnb, and uh, a little old man. He welcomed us into his home. He was he was a beautiful man, and that night Stelian was unwell, and so this old man I can't remember his name. I should remember it, but. Simon, Simon, you must run down the street <laughs> and get her some bread. <laughs> so, so running outside, I've run down the street, gotten Sally and some bread. He's made he's made her some some tea, some traditional so tea. So chivalrous. Uh, yeah. And um, anyway, where's the story going? I feel as though there should be. Sally Sally was unwell, and I got back from I bringing her back the bread. And I she feel as though there should be more. She was sitting on the. So I got back. She's sitting on the couch with with him and his family, watching some Bosnian television, uh, waiting for me to bring the bread back uh, because she had a sore tummy, and it was a delightful, it was a delightful trip. All right. Anyway. So you know how I've made a couple of references to pop culture, and you've said, "Oh, haven't you seen that movie?" You have seen Billy Madison, correct? Uh, correct. Okay, so the way people are going to finish this podcast in, you know, probably 90 minutes because I've got things to talk about, is they're going to say, we are now dumber for having heard that. Yes. That story is how I felt. <laughs> wow. It did not add any any value to my you, life whatsoever. You asked me so when what, someone called me Simon. I'm t- I told you. Well, I guess, I guess in that, like... Can the, the story have a lesson or something? Like, I feel as though you could have padded out the the lengths you went to to get the bread. Like, potentially, you ran down the street, like, you, and again, hyperbole, but you went to the, the store and it was closed. And you thought, oh, no, Sally Ann, like, I need you to have bread because gluten is important for digestive health, maybe. And, and then you're like, and then I, I looked at my watch and I saw that the bakery next town over would be open in 30 minutes. And it was seven Ks away, which as I don't run because my name is Simone and I have sore feet, then I would be able, I would be able to run across. So you went to the next town and you got the bread and then you stole some, some bike and you rode back like pedaling hard and just, just trying to get through it. And it started raining. Oh man. <laughs> rain. And then, and you were drenched, but you were holding your bread because you love Sally Ann. And you got back and you gave her the bread and you said, Sally Ann, got your bread. And she's like, why'd you take so long? <laughs> Moral of the story <laughs> is. You gotta, you gotta pad these things out. You gotta make lessons. Oh, Life is just lessons. So maybe, maybe if we, if we changed schooling rather than make a transfer of information, it's literally just storytelling. Yeah, my stories would improve. You're right. And and that is the story of the puppy who lost his way. I like books. I like books. <laughs> so I want to I want I want to open a bookstore. 
Farrell's have kind of got the the monopoly in Mornington, which is fine. But I want to open a bookstore and call it I Like Books. Great name for I've said, I've, I've said in, it is or it isn't? It is, I think. Well, it makes it's sense. It's just called I Like Books. And, yeah, we sell books. I, I, I would love to own a bookstore one day. Yeah, I think it would be I, brilliant. I, um, mm, it would be. Do you want to work there? Anyway. Um, yeah, sure. You need to get on with pop culture references to get through the interview process. <laughs> Watch Alien. Watch Lorax. <laughs> Read The Puppy He Lost His Way. <laughs> of all the movies that I could have brought up, the Lorax is, is up there, but Alien isn't isn't one of my top 50 movies, probably. It is? No. Oh. It's, it's, it's brilliant. I have a so, propensity to like to like movies that are a little bit uh, more recent than Alien. Uh, it defines a genre. What What's your favorite movie? And I know favorite is subjective, and you know, obviously, it changes. It's fluid. But what's your favorite movie? I don't think I have an ultimate. Oh, favorite. shut up! Just tell me your fucking favorite movie. I really like. My name's Simon. I live on the fence. <laughs> Does it get? Do you get tired sitting up on the fence all the time? Yeah, because I'm constantly climbing back and forth over the fence. <laughs> Just pick a side and just camp out. And then this is, see, this is maybe this is why the world's in, in such turmoil is because people pick a side and they're not like Simon and climbing over. But you know what? what Wallace, future Wallace, is made of made a gate so you can just walk through and you can just, yeah, you can pick and choose. You go, why is, it, why is there a fence in there in the first place? On some just issues on this fence. side, knock down the wall and then everyone can be together. Good. We just fix the world. There we go. Favorite movie. Go. Get rid of fence. fence uh, Fence builders. Sitters. <laughs> That's a whole industry. That's like logging 2020. We yeah. can't tear down the trees, so we're tearing down the fences. People are going to be pissed, mate. There'll be new There's jobs. There's going to be some up, Aussie sure. bogan larrikins, you know, <laughs> you know, chucking barbs at the uh, at the watering hole. Chucking barbs. It's, it's a pub, whatever. Um, at Willem Dafoe. It's a great movie. I actually can't remember what it was called. It was... I'll find it. Anyway, tell us what your favorite movie is. Uh, so one of my what, favorite movies is The Departed. Jack Nicholson. Oh yeah, Leo, good. Um, Matt Damon. Those Matt Damon's Ita- uh, Italian. Um, Irish accent in that is hilarious. Yeah. When uh, he says like a brilliant cast. Oh, brilliant cast, brilliant movie. It's 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 up there. It's not not my favorite movie of all time, but it's definitely up no. there. Uh. So departed. Give me, give me, give me top five. I'll take top five. Um, can Lord of the Rings be one entrance? Yes. Lord of the Rings. Yes. Favorite character in Lord of the Rings? Legolas. Obviously. Oh, he used to be my but I, Aragorn. Yeah, he's. Uh... He reminds me of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm more of a. I'm more. Wow. Of, I'm more of a merry. <laughs> uh, I just I knew you'd love that. I knew that again. <laughs> um, what else? I've watched too many movies lately. Uh, the Hunter, 2011. There you go. Willem Dafoe. It's brilliant. Nice. nice. It's on stand. If anyone is watching at home, our our third unofficial sponsor for the evening. Get, no, get stand. Um. 
You don't, you give me two of five. Let me let me sit on it. No, you can't. You got you to pick. Oh. oh. We, got, we got stuff to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about the fall of the Berlin Wall. I think that's important. Oh, <laughs> Going back a ways. <laughs> uh, three more. Go on. I honestly can't think of it. Oh, something that, something that I watched recently. All right, here's the correct answer. Prisoners, I watched recently. Very good. Four and a half star movie. Okay, good. Very good movie. Great cast. Great. Great execution. Yeah. Good story. Directed beautifully. It's not usually my type of film either, but I enjoyed it a lot. I I think the star power of um, Paul Dano and and, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and who? Who? Um, Hugh came out of a conversation today with us, didn't he? He did. Um, yeah, yeah, brilliant movie. David Fincher, the director. I'm pretty sure it's David Fincher. Anyway, good. Here's, here's the correct answer to your top five movies. <laughs> Jojo Rabbit, Taika Waititi, probably friends with uh, Jacinta. Probably. Grand Bed Budapest Hotel. Not seen it. Where's Anderson? Just brilliant. Bit of Bill Murray, bit of Jason Schwartzman, bit of Ralph Fiennes, bit of Jeff Goldblum. It's just if all right, you're not working tomorrow. You're gonna have a day off. You're gonna watch <laughs> The Lorax. You're gonna watch Jojo Rabbit. Then you're gonna watch The Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. Then you're gonna watch Her with Yaquin Phoenix. This is where you'll fall in love with Scarlett Johansson without actually having to see her for the whole movie. It's it's brilliant. Then, then it gets a little a little muddy, like the waters oh. get a little muddier. Like I've got a lot <clears> that I could choose. <clears throat> but based on my current current uh, mindset and you know, mood, seven goes in there. Mm-hmm. Seen it? I have not. Oh, what is wrong with you? Bit of Brad Pitt. Uh, I usually think favorite. we resonate on a lot of things and then we have these kind of conversations and you're just like, well, I don't like good things. It's, all it's not that I don't like it. I just uh, fill my time with other things. But go on, number five. Three. Well, I could. So on my letterbox for anyone still listening, if you are still listening, bravo. Secondly, I have a letterbox account, which is a great app for social media and movies. I've got a 30 top movies list, which brilliant. It'll change your life. If you watch all those 30 movies, life is just wonderful. The existentialism like just floats away into just a brilliant appreciation for life. Um, <laughs> three billboards outside Ebbing, Ebbing, Missouri, I think is one of the most underrated movies ever made. Okay. Lost in Translation. Mm-hmm. Or Portrait of a Lady on Fire for number four. And you've, you've listed about 12 films. No, this is, this is, this is my fifth. Oh. And then... I don't know. Moonrise Kingdom's up there. The Lobster's up there. Whiplash is up there. I don't know. Inside Out. Have you seen Inside Out? Surely you've seen Inside Out. I have seen Inside Out. See, Inside Out, brilliant film. Like, yep. poignant message. Yeah. Brilliant execution. It's just, it's, yeah, it's just good. See, these are the things. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, I thought that was brilliant. 
How do we fix the fitness industry? I'm Absolutely interested. brilliant. Because the fitness industry, like many industries in 2020, uh, is driven by the social mediaification of our society. And it's it's driven by what's considered cool rather than what works, okay? So actually, here's the answer how to fix any industry. Make it meritocratous rather than... Is that a word? Can I just make that up? I think it is. Is, is meritocratous a word? Meritocracy is a word. Make it yes. a meritocracy? Yeah, but I feel as a meritocratous is a word. I think <laughs> I don't care. I'm running with it. It's a word now. Check it out. Oxford, you're welcome. Fourth unofficial sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> but we make it a meritocracy where the best ideas win out. It doesn't matter popularity, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The best and correct ideas win out. It is the discuss uh, <clears throat> the separation between science and state or whatever the equivalent oh, in the fitness industry is. It's that's, the same good. Way. Um, I love it. Yeah, <clears throat> Logan. Logan, uh, in the podcast that we we did with him, number eighty four. Number eight. Number eighty three. 83? Yeah. You're one off. You're welcome. Um, he talks about fitness industry and how it is... Meritocratic. Meritocratic. Okay. The level, the level of uh, failure in the fitness industry would be unacceptable in any other industry. As in... He, he uses the, the, the autom- automobile... What's, the, what's that industry called? Automotive. <laughs> Automotive. I was like, I got halfway through. I was like, I don't know how to finish this oh, word. Panic. The automotive industry. It's like, imagine if you got your car and turned it on and 40% of the time it didn't work. Yeah. There's a fitness industry in a nutshell. There is, yeah. Like what you said, everyone just wants the latest, sexiest, most Instagram worthy program, workout, diet to, to use. And they stick is, with that. And they don't have the commitment to the things that really matter, the hard work and the uh, showing up every day in order to actually achieve what they want. Yes. And that leaves a big hole of unsatisfied... uh, Unhealthy. (laughs) Unhealthy people who feel... I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. People who feel unable to actually reach their goals. So, you know, it's almost like a defeatist uh, result <laughs> in the fact that they're like, oh, I tried and it didn't work. Well, that's fine. But did you try the right thing? And did you try it for long enough? And that and that's like the biggest, the biggest gap I find in people who don't achieve what they want to achieve. It's like the... And I'll use like fitness examples here. It's like, oh, I didn't, um, I didn't put on enough size. I didn't put on the size I wanted, but I only trained for six months. Or I didn't, I didn't lose the weight, but I only tracked my calories for you know for a third of the time I was trying to lose my weight. Like it's, 
you're so close. And this is a frustrating thing. It's like people, and this is, this goes for like everything. And you know, we talked about government, we talked about climate change. We'll, we'll fix conspiracy theories next because I, yeah, I can go off the deep end for that. P, I, I feel as though, like I said, if we know better, we do better. And if we, if we are able to do better, then we, we're able to be better consistently and we're able to upskill and, and, and transcend our, our previous capacity. Hmm. The problem is, is that majority of the world's issues aren't due to the nefarious uh, outputs or decisions of humans, which a lot of people would like to believe. They're usually just due to incompetence hmm. and our yeah. inability to 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 derive the result that we're after from the work we put in. So when it comes to things like fitness, which is just a part of the whole social construct of how the world works, fitness is obviously like part of the self-actualization stuff because we want to be fitter, we want to be healthier. You know, if we're if we're we don't have somewhere to sleep and we we don't have food, then no one gives a fuck what you bench. Hmm. Um, just public service announcement: no one gives a fuck what you bench anyway. Um, but the majority of those people who decide to stop trying or fall off the wagon or say it's too hard or say it didn't work or whatever, usually it's just a, a war of attrition. They haven't, they haven't tried it for long enough and, or they haven't tried the right thing. So if you're someone who hasn't achieved the goals you want to set, if you're still listening, do you reckon anyone is still listening? Surely. Surely it's, surely it's someone with no, nothing better to do. If you have nothing better to do, I applaud you. Thank you. Send me, send me a big, big long walk. Big long, buddy, big long walk. Um, <laughs> then just keep at it because you know the the alter, There's two alternatives, right? You you keep at it. That's one alternative, I guess. Keep at it and keep moving forward, and you either eventually get there or you die anyway. Or <laughs> you give up. You're definitely not going to get there. And then you, you, and then you definitely don't get there, and you die anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I'd much rather, much rather take the first one. Here's the thing. And maybe- Here's the thing that all the the um, Instagram trainers and things don't tell you is that the principles of training and fitness and health don't change regardless of the the program that you're doing. The principles to lose weight or to get strong or to gain muscle or whatever the, the goal is or the thing is, they don't change. Uh, the science is there. Um, and like you said, it's uh, often just a matter of incompetence. And I think like a, the, a lot of the issue is that people want to help. They think that they're doing, they're doing a public service by creating programs that uh, people will sign on to, but when really they're just adding to the noise and the um, uh, the growing pool of things that aren't going to matter or things that don't make a difference. I, I, do you say when you say pool of things that don't make a difference? Is that more of like the the low quality, the low quality uh, programs or or yep. um, activities 
that may be more prevalent than the high quality ones. Yes. And again, we, we put our rose colored glasses towards sports science and strength and conditioning and you know, exercise science because that's what we studied and that's what we do. But the, the simple answer or the simple, sorry, the simple question that will give you the answer that you need is think of the thing you're doing now and ask yourself the question, how is that working for you? And if your answer is it's working great, carry on like that's you right. as you were keep doing good things brilliant if the answer is it's not working then the follow-up question is is that because of your commitment to the thing or is it because the thing you're committed to isn't what it should be yeah it's the wrong thing. and it's a and this is the the hard conversations we we're talking about before is you know if i'm if I've said, hey, I'm going to do, um, you know, the, the 10 to 15K program that Mitch has put together and I get to week four and I start skipping sessions and I start not doing things and then I kind of say, oh, I didn't improve my 10K time or my 15K time, you know, Mitch's program is bullshit. Completely different conversation if I go, well, I did all the sessions and I improved it. Mitch's program is brilliant. Mm. It's like, you've got to do the thing to get the thing. You can't decide yeah. to pick and choose. And, and it's like, a, it's a cliche quote. And guess what? I'm a quote guy, but it's a cliche quote in that you don't get upset that you didn't get the results for the work you didn't do. And it's like in the fitness industry, <clears throat> you can you can use brute force to hammer a, a square peg into a round hole. And what I mean by that is if you want to lose weight, you can flog yourself, you can you know eat nothing, and you're going to get where you want to get to. Or you can take a little bit of time to decide, okay, how am I going to hammer this square peg into a square hole? And you can go, well... I don't actually need to force the fucking thing in. I can just eat well, take a longer, more sustainable approach, look after my health and well-being. And, you know, obviously for girls and guys, that has different implications. Um, I just ran a brilliant seminar on the cycle last week. Uh, if you want it, send Simon a message and he'll send it to you, probably. Um <laughs> The and like that's the that's the thing. Like there is everything that we do in life, there is a best way to do it. There's the path of yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a best way to do it. There's we might as as humans, we might not have yet decided the best way to do it, but it's only through trial and error do we refine what the better ways to do it is, and we keep getting better and better and better, and eventually we'll hit a ceiling and we'll do best, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure I've nailed how to make a steak, how to cook a steak. Like, if anyone wants some beautiful eye fillet, post-lockdown, give me a yell, come over, I'll cook you dinner, and it'll be brilliant, right? I've nailed steak. I've perfected steak. I've clocked steak. I can't <laughs> – I, I may not – ever get better at making steak, but I'm happy with where I'm at, right? Hop Nation with their bearded seal may have nailed DDH high as the IPA. I, I don't 
I can't see it being better. And if you want it to be better, prove it. Make something better. All right. Mm. Grant Rogers, Blake Bowden, make a better one. I, I, I challenge you. Okay. Um, what was I talking about? For the people that, that say that sucks, you know, like for the, for the people that, I don't know if I want to go back to the fitness example. Let's say we go back to the fitness example and we go F45 sucks. Do something better. Like, don't be the guy that, set, that sits on the high horse and says that it sucks without actually doing anything about it. Um, decide what the thing is that, or how you make it better, and then give it to the world. And then the proof, as they say, will be in the pudding. The frustrating thing about the fitness industry is that a guy comes Sex along sells. who says, <laughs> who says that he's got a better thing than the last thing. Mm-hmm. does a brilliant job at maybe they're like a marketing genius and they market it brilliantly and you know the they've got a system that works to bring people in they become super successful and everyone sees that everyone else is doing it even though they aren't getting the results because mm-hmm. they're not showing the results and that guy wins yeah and, and then but it becomes a conversation around why are we doing it in the first place? And yeah, and what what is the intended what is the intended outcome that we're looking for? And and this is where it gets a little muddy. The waters get a little muddy that we're talking about before. Those waters, like we've been splashing around in them a little bit. And we go, okay, well, obviously, results is important, and and, and I think that's what what everyone in the fitness industry should be judged on ultimately. But there's also the experience part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Which is the did you enjoy what you did? Did you enjoy the people you did it with? Did you connect? Did you like did you grow or develop from that? Yeah. And if we if we tick off the, the the results and we tick off the experience, and then you know, the the other part that's probably less paid attention to is like the education piece. Did I actually learn about why these these things happened like we talk a lot about being process orientated rather than results orientated and i would like to think that when anyone leaves virtus for whatever reason and it's easy for us to like pump up what we do because we think it's the best and etc etc because that's why we choose to do it the way we do it because we think this is the best way we figured out so far but when people leave virtus i would like to say that i would like to think that they could leave go train somewhere else and be able to utilize all of the principles and all of the, the learnings that they acquired along the way to improve their training somewhere else. Yeah. Whereas I don't know, don't know being an important part. It may be true. I may be wrong. I don't know that F45 can say the same thing or that, um, you know, your, your core can say the same thing or the I, CrossFit can yeah. say the same thing. I also don't know. Oh, um, so what we're saying is we're on the fence. Didn't we knock down the fence like an hour and a half ago? Did we get rid of fence builders? <laughs> the, the, sorry, fence builders sorry, have, fence builders. the fence builders have started a rebellion. Um, <laughs> they're, not, yeah. they're not overly happy around, you know, our... 
our uh, derailment of the fence industry. <laughs> yeah. And as long as people aren't going backwards, as long as like if, if a gym or a method is focused on the experience piece, awesome. If, but if their people are going backwards uh, or if they're staying the same, then that is, again, not what we are here to do. Yeah. And, and this is a, this is the, the difficult part of this conversation. It's like, well, obviously there's part of the responsibility lands on the facility, the gym, the, the system to, to deliver results. But here's the thing. You are responsible, completely responsible for everything in your own world as Simon would like to teach all four-year-olds out there. That's basically what I heard before. So, you know, where does the, and it's a, it's a level of degrees, same as um, old Vladimir Putin that we mentioned before. Yeah. <laughs> when did he become Vladimir Putin and not just a cute little four-year-old? Bloody boy. It's a, it's a level of degrees. It's like, well, how much of it is the responsibility of the organization and how much of the responsibility is the person? And actually, rather than degrees, I've changed it. Here's what I think it is. It's all responsibility. Yes. Put that down. It's all responsibility. You are completely responsible. So to all the Virtus members, you are completely responsible for your health, well-being, and ability to do good things, right? Put that down for a second. Full stop. We are also completely responsible to teach you and to help you get to the point or position that you want to be to do good things. Yeah. We are equally responsible. Then there's no <clears throat> distribution of responsibility. There's no handballing. We're all responsible. So do the thing. Yeah. <clears throat> and when people um, uh, neglect that responsibility, neglect, I'm not sure that's the right word, neglect that responsibility or <laughs> like- Attempt to redistribute. Yeah, or handball it to someone else then that's when the wheels fall off because nobody's going to come and save you oh i love that quote and we've seen it the last like we've been locked down six and a half months mm-hmm. we had two weeks of, of beautiful freedom. beautiful artificial sunshine freedom. <laughs> it was it was bliss it was heaven this is what i imagine heaven will be and the 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 distribution of responsibility to Dan Andrews or to hotel quarantine or whatever, it, it, it's mind-blowing because there's no utility in that. There's no utility in saying, fuck Dan Andrews, this is bullshit. Like, just let me live my life. My, lent- my mental health is deteriorating. Those, All of those things might be true, but there's no utility in saying that. There's, there's utility in saying, what can I do, me, to look after myself better so that when, so that actually right now, so that right now I can be in a better position than I was yesterday or or 10 minutes ago. And obviously that puts us in a better position for that point of time in the future where we do get to go back to normal existence. Mm. Uh, For everyone listening at home, if you're still listening, I did the quotation marks, the bunny is the, like you've got to understand that it doesn't matter what you think. It matters what you do. Um, you know, our thoughts are who we aspire to be. Our actions are who we end up being. 
determine who we end up being. Sorry. Like that. Um, and I think that that was that was some whilst journaling a couple of days ago. And I think that like the the free will debates an, an an easy example. And how long you got? No, I'm not going to go in long. I've got thirty seconds. Thirty seconds of this. The free will debate's an easy example, right? Like, okay, we we understand that this determinism is probably a thing. We have no say in it all. Life just happens. Bad luck, chaos, etc. Hmm. Or if there's 0.00001% of a chance the free will exists, then it's a non-conversation. It doesn't matter. If we have if we have the ability to alter the future by the way we act, best we get to work. Tommy Hafey quotes a finish, the great huh. Richmond superstar and Collingwood coach, which is probably his, you know, the way he spent his life the best. Um, I actually ran into him at the hospital when my just before my pa passed away. And it was it was one of those like you see this person that you've grown up like idealizing in different ways. And he walked past me and my dad, and he's like, Hey lads, how are you going? And I was like, Oh, Tommy Hafey said hi to me. Anyway, so great man. Um, but one of his quotes was if it is to be, it is up to me. Mm. And if his education, figure out a way to teach our kids that and give them the tools to go out in the world and do good things, yep. then the world's going to be a better place. Imagine if everyone put their energy, instead of putting it toward protesting things that don't really matter in the scheme of things, and put the energy toward doing good, productive things that helped people. Like what? Like what? what's your example for processing that doesn't matter? <sighs> doesn't matter to me. This is my biased opinion. <laughs> but the wearing of masks, like... Just fucking wear the mask. Wear the mask. It is a minor inconvenience to have something on my face at the uh, recommendation terrible, of scientists. You've got a terrible lid anyway. So, you know... <sighs> doing everyone a favour anyway. <laughs> well so four square matrix should i talk to that because i think that's important sure. so all right we're right about masks so sorry scientists are right about masks and they improve the spread then if we wear it great the world is safer if we don't wear it we're fucked yeah if we're wrong about masks and we do wear it we got a piece of cloth on it over our mouth that's the biggest inconvenience and if we don't wear it then nothing happens. So of the four four options of my square is great, it's eh, inconvenience, it's nothing happens, and it's we're fucked. And the two options are wear the mask, don't wear the mask. Yeah. Sorry, wear the mask, don't wear the mask. X and Y axis getting mixed up. Then wear the mask. Because like it's the same thing with climate change. If we do something about it and there's actually no such thing as climate change, the world is happier and healthier and we get to live in a better place. Anyway, yeah. If we don't do anything about it and climate change is, turns out to be correct, we're fucked. Mm-hmm. Let's not be fucked. <laughs> yep. Like, I don't know. I, I just, I, I guess that's the, that's the extent of my argument. If anyone listening has a different argument, feel free to put it in the suggestion box right here. Pointing to a bit. listening at home, I picked up a bit. (laughs) 
I, don't know, I, I just that, there's there's my logic, and I'm sticking with it. I'm more than open to a conversation around how I might be wrong about this because you know, if I take the last 28 years of my life, I'm probably wrong about this. But I, I just, I just, I just think that if you can do better, if you know better, you should do better. Um, and yeah. the mask one, it just blows my mind that that is an actual conversation. Um, Likewise. Did you see the video of Trump breathing today? Just a little sidebar. No. So basically, so he's decided that after being diagnosed with COVID as an obese, unfit, 70-something-year-old, that he's going to Who's? spend two days in a... Who's, who's got the best medical care on the planet available to him. He's decided he's going to leave the hospital to go back to the White House. So there was a video today of him, I think, standing maybe outside the hospital or at the White House. I didn't actually check. Of him, he took off his mask and he's like, wincing in pain and he's like breathing but you can tell that it's like someone have you ever been punched in the solar plexus someone where you're like <laughs> i have not choking for breath <laughs> i love that too i don't actually know if it's anatomical or not uh, but the who knows i've but only been the, the puncher not the punchy the feeling that i guess i would assume you know lung cancer patients and people with emphysema and things like that deal with like um mm. he was visibly uncomfortable and visibly gasping for breath. So it's Tuesday the 6th of October. If he is still, uh, if his heart's still pumping in a week, um, then he's, he's potentially got through the worst of it. But it's, it was fascinating to see his, I guess that stand for, I don't know, maybe it's like a, a maybe it's like a power move or a, you know, whatever you want to call it. He doesn't but do anything I just, by accident, right? So it, he's obviously, or he's just throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks. And he's going, my my followers need to see me up and about. Yeah, but it may be the thing that kills him. Maybe by the time we release this, he won't be Trump anymore. I don't know. Who knows? He might have been Trumped. <laughs> the thing that makes me laugh is him saying, "You know, I I went to school. Like I didn't just." This, I went. I went through the school. This is not just me, you know. Reading the books, it. I experienced. It. I went through it. His quotes, if you read them, they like are subjectively, subjectively, or maybe objectively is a word I'm looking for. But if you read them subjectively from our point of view, we go, "This is a fucking the work of a madman." And I think it's fascinating. It's like, bizarre. you know, people will be like, "Why the fuck are they talking about U.S. politics?" This is the. This is the gateway to the modern world. Like these are the these are the people making decisions that impact us. They reverberate through the global society immensely, and I think it's important that we pay attention to it. Mm. And the the thing that the kicker the kicker is, and this is me talking from a very very low base of what the fuck's going on. But the kicker for me is when Eve tweets today that you know we shouldn't be worried about like, don't be worried about coronavirus. Don't let it rule your lives. Like, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he said something along those lines, uh -huh. 200,000 people from your country have died. Like I get that the U S has 320 million. So you could probably spare a few, but at the end of the day, I, I am, I am always, sorry. I have always been, and I am currently of the belief that a life is precious because once it's gone, it's gone. You can't get it back, right? Bro, like, life. 
I am pro-life and not pro-life before life actually is life. Like I draw the line that when, you know, if you need to go down the route of abortion, go down it. I don't have an issue with it for those that need a clarification. But the, but I've, I'm pro-life. Like, here's the thing. If I lose my job because of this uh, pandemic and we lose the business and Virtus is gone, fucking that sucks, right? But at the end of the day, we're still here. We still have each other. You know, what's the Matilda? Is it Matilda? But most of all, we have each other. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, yeah. Madeline. Madeline. Madeline, no. Yeah, it's Madeline. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. But mo- like, we have our bread, we have our butter, butter. but most of all, we have each other. All right. That's, That's where we'd be if, if, awesome. if you like that. I love that. See, pop culture reference. You're welcome. You Have you seen that movie? It's not a movie, it's a TV show. And yes. I know. <laughs> I used to love watching <laughs> I the, the test. <laughs> One from seven. Fuck. Yeah. So. So here's the, like, we lose Virtus, we lose the business, and it's all gone. Man, that sucks, right? That's mm-hmm. rough. But we're still here, we have each other, and we can, and we can rebuild, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we can figure it out, you know? Um, King's Landing gets burnt by the fucking dragons. They're going to rebuild. Might look different, but they'll, they'll rebuild. Brand, Brand the Builder, obviously, is king, will rebuild. <laughs> that still makes me mad, but I don't want to talk about it. But if, you know... Grandma dies, grandma's dead, grandma's gone. And, and, as, and as, as morbid as that is, if it's, a, if it's a conversation between grandma and Virtus, Virtus can yes. fuck off every day of the week. As much as, I, like, as, much as this place is, like, is my life and is everything that I love, it's, a, it's not a conversation. Yeah. Like even if it's six months with grandma or twelve months with grandma or five years with grandma or ten year or ten years, it doesn't matter. There's mm. there's things <clears throat> this book, brilliant book. The part of one of the um, parts in there talks about this book's about mental models, right? And it talks about irreversible and reversible decisions. The irreversible decision is letting grandma die. Can't can't do anything about that, you know. Voldemort had a crack and he couldn't figure out immortality. Good job, Harry. Proud of you. Just snap, snapping the other one. No exactly. He fucked it off. He went. <laughs> it's like me throwing social media off the cliff last week. <laughs> um, but the what was I talking about? Ultimate power. Ultimate power. Yeah, he ditched it. He got rid of it. But mm. the the. Reversible decisions are if Virtus has to close and has to, and we go into liquidation or whatever happens there, haven't read enough books about the economy to understand what actually happens. Say we close the business, we'll just start another one. Yeah, let me can. I like, I don't get another grandma. No. Like, and, and, and that conversation might be too close to home for some people, but it's genuinely for me. So I lent into the microphone. So sorry if I yelled in your ear. It's genuinely for me, that's the conversation. Yep. Um, and if anyone wants to argue differently, fine. But for me, it's the it's the loggers in Tasmania saying that we want to keep our jobs when at the end of the day, their jobs that if they go ahead will yeah. will burn down the world and they won't exist anyway. Um 
that is all I have to say about that. Forrest yeah. Gump, you're welcome. Who? Oh, please don't do that to me. <laughs> no. I'll tell you what, has Tom Hanks made a bad movie? Take all the time in the world. Everyone I, at home, text me if Tom I Hanks seen, made a bad um, movie. What's the one uh, with the pilot? How he plays the pilot? Honestly, it's brilliant. I watched it being like, this is going to be bullshit. It was elite. Okay. Like Sully, it's called. Tom Sully, yeah. And it's just called Sully. Sullenberger. Yeah. It's just just brilliant. It's it's the way they they build the narrative around the accident. Sorry, the the accident, the landing, and then whether it was intentional, whether it was an accident, what, like, you know, the, for those that haven't seen the movie, they they bounce between him talking in the in the desp- deposition, deposition, despacito, deposition. We'll have fun enough. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I love just talking shit for a couple of hours. It's brilliant. This is the this is if if my life could be uh, could be designed by me, this is what it would be. It'd just be me talking shit. Lachlan, Obviously, your life is be... designed by you. Why do you think we're doing this right now? Because I said, <laughs> let's do a bonus episode where we talk shit for a couple of hours. And and if people are still great, if they don't, we've had fun. Are you having fun? I've had fun. <laughs> is everyone at home having fun? I can only assume that there's a whole crowd of people going, yeah, like Lucy does at the moment, where I go, yeah, and she goes, yeah. and it's the cutest fucking thing ever. Oh god! I, you saw that video the other day of me cooking food, and I was like doing this, and she's just like, she's like, she just, she just loves good things. It's great. Uh, I'm teaching my daughter to just be all about good things. Um, <laughs> always, I've lost the train of thought. What are we talking about? That's Sully being in the disposition. Desposito. <laughs> so he was in a deposition. And like he goes through, it's like a commission around like whether he was at fault or not. Hmm. And the way they structure the narrative, because you just think, okay, planes in the air, plane crashes in the Hudson. People are saved. Good job. Good movie. You know, we're four minutes in now. What do we talk about? <laughs> It's actually an exceptional movie. Um, you know what movie blew my mind that was really good? What? Tom Hanks again. Was The Terminal. Terminal. So here's my, my quick summary of it. Basically, he's a he's from a country that doesn't... I don't think it exists in real life. I can't remember what the country actually was. But he's, he's from a small Eastern European country that he flies into the US and he's in the terminal and he's about to, I think, board another plane or maybe leave, like go to New York to... Actually, I've just remembered. So he has his father's ashes that... Um, oh, fuck, what was it? Yeah, I'm probably going to butcher it anyway. But I think there was like a, a big jazz band that he needed that he wanted. His father was collecting all their signatures, and there's one person that he didn't get signature from. So he has his father's ashes because he passed away without getting that signature, and he wants to go meet that person to get the signature. If I'm butchering it, sorry, Tom. I apologize. Um, just give me a bell and we can chat about it. 
But the the premise <laughs> is he gets to the the airport and as he's flying in the air and as he lands in the airport, there's a coup in his country, and basically all of the all of the passports are basically like null and void. So he has to stay in the airport for a period of time. Right? Which Tom Hanks in an airport, yeah, great. But he ends up like learning how to live in the airport and becoming a carpenter and working for one of the local local businesses and doing all this cool shit. But it's like the the balance and bouncing between him and like the guy who's meant to kick him out, but can't actually kick him out because of the the rules around you know kicking out someone without a passport and you know it's like he needs to go home but he also wants to do this thing for his dad so it, it's just good to and froing and it's it's a wonderful movie and everyone should watch it i watched it with the like i went in with it with you know i was on a bit of a tom hanks binge i think i just watched watch forest and you know watched a few of his movies and i went you know what this is on stan fourth fourth podcast sponsor for the day um and i think i want to watch it and i let i left i watched it and i went i left the couch and moved into the bedroom because that's where i sleep and went that movie was brilliant see what i rated it again letterboxd if you're around it i rated it four stars that's four out of five that's pretty good that's 80 percent. and there's not many there's maybe like 20 movies i rate for five stars yeah, good. If you want to know those movies, follow me on Letterboxd. I'm not telling you now. Bad luck. It's got a playlist. <laughs> it's not a playlist, man. It's just a list. All right. Can you grow up? TV list. Also, list. if you want, if you want split, if you want playlists, my Spotify is elite at the moment. You, you got around my uh, September playlist. What do you think? Uh, was it September. It was. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Had it in the background while I worked. Got some good work done. So. Would you say that I'm responsible for all the good work you've done? Yes. You're welcome. Pandering. You're absolutely welcome. <laughs> well, we'll be able to make good work. I didn't have a job, so thank you. That's, that's true. <laughs> I, I, I can't argue with that. That's brilliant. That is some sound logic. What's your favorite book? I got this, like Dougie Boxell, Dougie Boxell, Dougie Boxell, shout out to Dougie. (laughs) I was trying to say two words at the same time. He he, um, sent me a message today and said, what book should I read? And he's like, I'm compiling a big list of books. And brilliant message to receive because, you know, I like books, hence the name of my future bookstore. And I said... I, I, I said, I posted on Instagram a couple of weeks ago with here's 10 books I think everyone should read. Uh-huh. But I also followed that up with don't read books for the sake of reading books, which I've fallen in the trap of in the past of going of, of like, you know, not notches on the bookshelf kind of like at a book. I read a book, I read a book, I read a book. Hey, I've read 80 books this year. There's a difference between reading a book and reading a book. Mm-hmm. So yep. for those still listening, bravo, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, if you read a book, read a book and this is like 2018 Wallace versus 2020 Wallace this is where I transcend and include and I'm a much better person when I read a book now I read a book when I read a book two years ago I just read it and I was like sweet I read a book and yeah I'd take bits and pieces but rather than taking like 20% with me now I take 40 or 50% with me yep and it 
informs the way I live my life more than it did back in the day. Um, Cause I was just a fucking maniac reading books. I was like, I'm going to read hundred books this year. So I read 120 books that year. And I was like, I can't fucking remember any of them. I, okay, I remember a bunch, but I don't remember enough sure. of them to make it worthwhile. So mm. uh, what's your, so favorite book. that was a bit of a sidebar, but what's your favorite book, Simon? Um, the Alchemist is up there. Paolo Actually, I, have, I have three different questions. Favorite book, mm. most impactful book, the book that everyone should read. Uh, okay. Favorite book? Okay. Book everyone should read, probably um, War of Art or Turning Pro. Actually, great. Very, very good. Stephen Pressfield, just get around them. They're, yeah. they're really short. Very good. Here's two up a bit earlier. Yeah. There they are. For those watching at home, if you're listening at home, bad luck. You can't see it. You just have to jump on YouTube. <laughs> Turning Pro, Water of Art. Yeah. Turning Pro's tagline is tap your inner power to create life's, life's work. Re- really what it should be is how to not be shit. The war of art is break through the blocks and win your creative battles. It's how to do nothing, how to not do nothing and do things that are good instead. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, um, they're exceptional. I need to reread them, I think. I'm yeah, I'm going to reread Turning Pro again soon. Um, most impactful book. Um, possibly going right. Ooh, Logan, pump up. How's that? That's pandering. It's because I think about it all the time. And that's you think about it all the time because you know Logan, and you Uh, have have a relationship with Logan, potentially. But also, I think it's because it's very closely tied to the work that I do and like the change that i want to make in well there's the there's utility in it as well like i think about when i think about coffee i think about common folk because yeah. i have a relationship with everyone that works with most people yeah. that work common folk and and there's a direct connection there hmm. i don't know uh, it's just it's maybe an interesting yeah, yeah maybe that's yeah. It, something we can dive down but uh if i think about like <laughs> electricians they go you know the races in my life yeah they're my go yeah yeah like i don't think of uh, alternate current and direct current. I think of my fans, fans, fans. So you've you've done impactful and you've done what everyone should read. What everyone should favorite read. What's favorite? Book. Oh, I'm going to have a left of center answer for you. I think. Don't know. Are you just looking at your bookshelf with all my books that you need to give back to me? Yeah. Yeah, but I haven't read them, so... <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up! Um, it's my materialistic uh, outlet. I need books. And like, there's a few important ones missing from my shelf. I like books. <laughs> I like books. I don't know. Um, oh, this is a flashing light. you got five seconds. It might Four. be actually a fiction book. Yeah. Uh, to possibly Ice Station, Matthew Riley. Oh, love that. 
Matthew Riley is an, uh, a very, very good fiction author. Um, he's Australian as well, which we love. So, and he's, I've like consumed, every time I read his books, I just <coughs> devour it. And I've read like his yeah, whole good. collection like three times. See, that, that's cool. Like to be able to go when I read one of these person's books or when I read this book, all I want to do is finish the book. It's like life ceases to exist external to the book. And I find oh, that yeah. I find that with most biographies that I resonate with. Yeah. Um, on like especially Audible, I was like, I will yeah. listen to six, seven hours a day. Yeah. I will do it when I'm work working, when I'm walking, when I'm you know doing whatever, because I'm like, I just need to consume this book. Yeah. Actually, special mention, bonus mention. <laughs> I didn't ask for four, Simon. Ask for three. Shoe dog by Phil Knight. Shoe Dog is brilliant in the fact that it shows us that everyone's just fucking winging it, and everyone yeah. like the, and and here's and here's the thing that I realized about Shoe Dog when I was thinking about it the other day, is that we we draw parallels to the lessons in Shoe Dog because they ended up we know the end end game we know that they ended up a billion dollar company yeah, and Logan talks about this in going right, um, mm. so it's not this is not my idea but it's there's there'd be millions potentially thousands hundreds of thousands of businesses that have gone through the same shit as they went through the same shit as nike did had the same cool stories but then failed because life sucks and you know people die yeah. and bad things happen <laughs> to good people and you know not everyone's going to be a winner yeah and that and that's the utility in shoot dog it's just like well it shows the the failure the failures that led to the success again Failure is married directly. Success is directly married to failure, as my beautiful notes wisdom mentioned before, all those years ago. <laughs> and Shoe Dog shows us that you need to fail to succeed, but it's not its job to do so. But it doesn't remind us of all the the ships that wrecked along the shore to allow that not to allow that. Yep. while shoe dog was able to have a safe landing yep yeah uh yeah it is awesome i just found that i just like wanted i was listening to it on audible and i just wanted to just keep listening and the way that he narrated it was awesome as well um it's not him no it's not phil knight no i don't know who it is but, actually but but whoever whatever the guy's name is he's yeah. he's exceptional it was, um, I can tell just, you in a moment because so I listened to it a couple of, couple of weeks ago. I finished it again, seventeenth um, time. Yeah, I it's such, such a hard recently. Uh, well, it's such a hard 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 question though to pick. Rated by Norbert Leo Butz. Rated <laughs> by Norbert. Norbert. Norbert's the dragon from Harry Potter. I, I find answering those questions so difficult. Because depending on what I'm currently reading will, will influence yeah. that immensely. Oh, like yeah. the book, the book that I think everyone should read right now, because I read it a couple of weeks ago, is The Obstacle is the Way, which, which I guess is, is probably a, it's going to be a longer term. It would be a longer term answer because it, it, it leans on the ideas of stoicism that I value so highly. Yeah. And the, the art of doing good, doing hard things and, and, you know, the 
the stoic philosophy that is kind of overshadowed by the buddhist philosophy of like life is suffering it's like you need to do hard hard things for good things to happen and i love yeah. that um what was that the what did i say the book everyone should, everyone read. should read so most impactful most impactful for me i read books like like this one that i'm reading at the moment and i'm just like like every line i'm just like highlighting and writing stuff down and like i said i read books differently than how i did a couple of, couple of years ago the most in fact impactful has to come back to to ray dalio and principles just the lessons and the simplicity of it and the utility of decide what you know is true create less create lessons or rules around it and live your life by those rules and they're they're not hard and fast can't can't break them ever rules they're they're fluid um but the ideas that he discusses and the way it's set out in terms of like his story and the life principles and work principles is brilliant yeah and it's all and it's based around the hero's journey joseph campbell stuff um which there's a bunch of joseph campbell books up there that i i think are very valuable um Hero but uh, the, the most impactful has the most impactful has to be that yeah. has to be in terms of the my favorite <clears throat> you know the book that i want to say is is the beach oh, yeah which um by what's his name oh, alex yeah alex garland the beach by alex garland which is the obviously the same name as the movie with leo yeah <clears throat> But I don't know if I've enjoyed a book that much. That's cool. Um, as I did with that. Yeah. And I and I watched and I'd watched the movie a couple of times before I actually know, knew it was a book. Mm. And then like middle of last year, I was like, I was maybe in a bit of a rut with reading. <clears throat> and again, it's this is impacted by my the the recency of me consuming it because yeah. it was middle of last year. But the story is just brilliant. I just, I love it. I've, I've read three or four fiction books chasing that same feeling that I had or the same connectedness and, um, <clears throat> and link I had with those characters. Mm. And yeah, I had Leo in my head the whole time, but <laughs> what's not to love about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, That's okay. fascinating. I, I think it's spe special mention. How many, how many special mentions can I have? I've got like 47. You got one. Uh, we've already mentioned Sapiens, so that's... This, uh, this, this doesn't count. That doesn't count because we've already mentioned it. Um, Sapiens, Sapiens doesn't count. Meditations doesn't count because I've quoted Marcus Aurelius 14 times during this thing. Yeah. I think a special mention would be The Celestine Prophecy by James mm. Redfield because... <clears throat> so I hadn't heard of the book and Greg... The Great Man, The Fizz, The the Brewer of Angusburg. He said, he comes to me one day, he goes, I've got a book for you that I think will illustrate your the last three or four years of your journey. This is a couple of years ago, more than any others. And that was the, like, as soon as he said that, I'm like, I'm sold. I'll read it. I'll consume it. I'll eat it up. And I actually read it on a little trip away with KP. We went to um, Torquay for a couple of days. And it's one of those, it's similar to The Alchemist. 
mm. with a little bit more authority in terms of like here are the lessons yeah so for anyone that's read the alchemist the alchemist is basically like a, a parable around like life is a journey uh, yeah. and sales time prophecy is the same thing life is a journey but it like goes here are the the rules to follow yes and i followed that book up with the it's cool it's me. <laughs> the code of the extraordinary mind yeah, that is actually very good. Which is a brilliant book. Vishen mm. uh, Lakiani. Yes. And I think I read I read them one after the other, which yeah. obviously highlights this feeling. But I, I finished them both in a couple of days and I was like, they're the same fucking book. Like one of them is the parable, parable supporting like story, like journey. And the other one's like, here's the answers. Yeah. And they're both as impactful as and beneficial as each other. Mm. But it's like, here's the way to live your life. Here's one told as a story. Here's one told as, as a framework. You know, authority or a framework. Yeah. From authority is a framework from an authority. Yeah. Because the guy started Mind Valley, which is like massive. Um, yep. And I think that's that's immensely powerful in terms of like what we can actually Books are the carriers of civilization, Simon. They are the second second best use of a tree. And they and they create a, a a lens into which we can see the way other people thought. And I wish I cared as much about books when I was growing up as I do now. Um I wish I like, wish I read more nonfiction growing up. Yeah. I read a lot of fiction. Like I used to just like devour yeah, stuff. So, so did I. And then there was a big chunk of time where I didn't read because yeah, reading reading's not cool. How do we make reading cool again? Make reading cool. I like books. I like books. Go come hang out at I like books. Make books Maybe, cool again. What's cool? What are the things that are cool? I don't know. Reading, doing work, drinking beers. Leaning in. <laughs> doing the work. Yeah. <laughs> doing hard things. <laughs> I think, I think so basically the way we fix it. So, so what we're coming to is, is we're going big full circle and the way to fix education is to make reading cool again. Easy. But I think know, we fixed it. Reading, reading cool things that make the world a better place, not reading like the old Testament or anything like that. I'm sure there's lessons to be learned. If you want, if you, if you, there's many lessons, there's many lessons, but all of the lessons all of the lessons I've learned from the Old Testament have been through through the, the the vessels that are books and the authors that write about the lessons rather than the lessons itself. So all of the lessons for me are secondhand rather than firsthand. Okay. <clears throat> There's the thing about education. There's like obviously this firsthand knowledge, which is like you experiencing it. The secondhand knowledge is someone telling you about experience. And maybe there's third hand, which is like literature. Yeah. Or and all of them are important, mm. but maybe depending on the topic will depend on what you which one you'll benefit from more. Mm. Um, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Have you seen it? I have not. I can't be too mad because I only saw it a couple of weeks ago. It's from like 1987 or something. But Keanu Reeves doing good things. But it's brilliant because it, it takes two idiots through time and they learn a bunch of stuff and it's a 
it's a really cool look at tell at like all the lessons of the different times that didn't, human of human history. Didn't we just do that? What? Two idiots like go go through time. We pretty much did. So as a way to finish the podcast, <laughs> I am going to steal from Bill and Ted and just say be excellent to each other. That's it. We're done. Do we want to talk anymore? Because I could go all night, but I'm I know that we, we need to go to bed and it's been a long day and COVID's still going. So it's been like seven months and we're tired and we're sick of staring at Zoom. And it's been, I'm it's sure been the people, three hours. Like if you're still, like it's been three hours since we've been on a call. We started like, maybe it's been two and a bit. <clears throat> but the people walking and they're tired and they're ticking the legs over and they're like, can you two shut the fuck up so I can go home? Like, Please make please make this quick so I can go home to my family. And obviously we haven't. So, you know, and I don't think there's anything else we need to solve. I think we've sorted it all. Basically, what we're saying is read books, listen to good people, um, watch good movies, listen to good, good things, consume good content. The way you think is the way you are. You know, if if you want a high quality life, have high quality thoughts. That's it. And, and turn those high quality thoughts into high quality actions. And you know, we look forward to seeing you back in the gym when we're back in the gym sometime in the future because we have no fucking clue when it'll be. You know, hopefully hopefully Dan Andrews wears his North Face jacket sometime over the next couple of weeks and, and panders to the people and gives them what they want because I think we've done a brilliant job to, uh, you know, I think no people died today. Zero people died today from COVID, which is a pretty fucking good thing. Love so, in Victoria. Know, I, I, I took... In Australia. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about Victoria. Like we're we're being a little a little enclosed, but you know we talked earlier about the value of life. And if you if you're listening now, you're still listening now, and you you saved the life today. And I think we shouldn't undervalue that contribution to our world. So, cheers to you, cheers to us, cheers to Top Nation. And I would just like to say, be excellent to each other, like Bill and Ted. Can you fucking stop recording? That's so beautiful. Stop talking, talking shit. You like that? <laughs> Not at all. Just do good things and never postpone joy ever. Just do things if they feel good, but also make sure you contribute to society at the same time because there's a balance, right? You can't just do shit that feels good because you'll ruin the other shit. You need to contribute and do good things. Contribute and do good things. Contribute and do good things. Be wonderful. There is one more thing. It's been emotional.